0: This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. I'm Jarrett Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of a release. This week, we're running away from blobs, oozes, and goos as we're watching spine number 91 of the Criterion Collection. Irvin S. Yeworth Jr.'s The Blob from 1958. But first, RJ, uh, yeah.
1: happy belated Christmas. What is this happy christmas thing? You're not you're not from Harry Potter. What is this horse shit? Say merry christmas like like a man. <laughs> well, it's kind of like a hybrid of happy birthday and uh, belated
0: and all that trash. Since we didn't do my birthday? I it's well, well somebody's
1: birthday. Jesus? Your Lord and Savior, that's right. JC? Yeah. JC Waterwalker? Yeah. The man, the original X-Man? Mhm. That's the X-Men movie I would like to see. Jesus, hey, Jesus, but he would wear a button-up shirt, but only the top button would be done up. Hmm. You know, you follow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How was your Christmas, Jared? Did you do anything fun? Uh
0: no, I just did the dinners, multiple, multiple dinners. The at my, dinners at my parents, at Chanel's parents. Uh it was cool. It was decent. Uh, you know, just eating. Watching yeah. movies, uh, my my two favorite things. Um, and now I'm feeling horribly guilty because uh, I'm working on my uh, f- eating disorder. So uh, yeah, I'll be uh, kicking that off, uh, reversing the the trend of overeating, lots of carb heavy foods and delicious pies and desserts. That's hey, what all. was that beep? Was that more food that you're about to eat? <laughs> that would be uh, yeah. That would actually be a whole
1: like a pot of uh, carbs. In the oh, you fucking animal. Yeah, that, Why don't you give up this thing? What thing? I don't know. What were you going to say oh, about I, your
0: diet? Oh, just, just you know, uh, paying attention to what I eat. Uh, I guess it's, this is the time of year that one uh, absconds and just fucking eats whatever the fuck they want. Uh, but that can get you
1: in a lot of trouble, RJ. So From who? Uh, I don't know. your Your own body. <laughs> <laughs> That'll never catch up to me. Never. I'm under 30. I'm invincible. That's right. <laughs> Right, not true. is that not how this thing works? Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. So, um, did you eat any turkey? Yes. Did you eat any ham? Yes, multiple how about ham. So, multiple ham, honey yeah. ham. Uh, just like of ham varieties. Ham of the ham
0: variety. Yeah. That sounds interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. What kind of desserts you rock at your Christmas? Oh
0: well, let's see here. Uh, Sister May pecan pie and uh, peanut butter marshmallow squares which are, like, decadent. Uh, They were the Mm -hmm. first to go. Uh, Chanel made some, uh, what did she make, ginger cookies Mm -hmm. and some shortbread cookies Mm -hmm. and sweet potato pie. Ooh. Yeah. How'd that go down? All good. Uh, All the stuff that Chanel's been making has been gluten-free. Why? uh, Well, it's not a choice that one wants to make, but it's what you got to do if you want to eat that delicious, sugary shit um but it's been good and then just like whatever here and there sort of stuff uh that people have made yeah yeah sugar cookies that sort of trash all yeah. good all good but now it's uh I mean, now, now, now that door is closing on the season so it's mm-hmm. back to real life and eating like an adult
1: you you got to give yourself the first day of the new year because if you're anything like me you're going to be working on some uh uh, working off of a sick body on New Year's Day and what you could really use is some grease. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's that.
0: But the other thing too is like right now it is so fucking cold outside that I can't go Ooh. for my uh, usual walks that I like to do during the week. Mm-hmm. It is so damn cold. Uh, and I'm like, oh. I tried doing this like over the last couple of years of like go- going for my walks and trying to push it through when it's like this cold um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's not worth it and I don't need to do it but so because I'm not doing that I've got a Make the sacrifices in other departments, so
1: yeah, yeah. I'm making a lot of sacrifices <laughs> too, being associated with you. Yeah, just do your DDP yoga at home, and uh, I do do or that. Get, deli- get delivery, and then I, you don't I, have to worry about going I, 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 outside. I,
0: I, I, well, I'll be doing the, the yoga after this. So, but I like to you gotta mm-hmm. do it all. Mix. Do you think Arby's delivers? Uh, I'm sure you could contact somebody and pay them a fee, and they will deliver
1: you all the Arby's you want. Are you like suggesting that you would go get me Arby's? No, I think there's actually people that that's their job. Art, like, oh, okay. Well, whatever. I was just trying to just trying to make friendly conversation they'll, about Christmas. Don't get you your mozza fingers, your mozza sticks. of fingers. <laughs> Nobody calls them that. Ah, you're weird, man. <laughs> Happy Christmas. Enjoy your of fingers. <laughs> uh. Have a side dish and something Tom- shut up t- tomato sauce to dip them in tomato, su- tomato soup served ice cold yeah uh, go back to russia <laughs> all right what else is shaking well how's your christmas it's fine <laughs> good <laughs> i'm glad to hear that no, was good we did the regular stuff no news to report awesome but, yeah yeah i think i go revert back to our uh laser disc episode one to hear about what i do on my family christmases right <laughs> yeah it, it was all covered there i believe so perfect yeah um, I'll, I'll accept that we got a lot to talk about i don't want to yeah. fill up unnecessary time well with that being said uh hey rj what mm-hmm. you been creeping on this last few days quite a bit yeah yeah quite a bit uh I was actually, I was given my Christmas wish where um, on Boxing Day, I was allowed to just stay home and I didn't have to leave my house once. So I watched like five or six movies yesterday because I could. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, So I watched a lot of stuff this week. A few things. Relatively, yeah. yeah, Well, for me. Yeah. uh, A few things I think uh, we have some overlap in and a few things we don't. So first, I'll cover my Christmas movies okay. because I don't believe you watched any of these. Okay. Uh, I watched Scrooge with, uh, I think you watched that one year. That last year, yeah. You know Scrooge, that yeah. one with, uh, was it Alistair Sim? That's right. Yeah. We got our Christmas Carol movie and I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, you talk about that. I didn't think it was great or anything. It's got a few cool scenes, but you know, whatever. Scrooge. No one wants to hear about Scrooge. You know what people want to hear about? Hmm. The 2001 classic produced by Whoopi Goldberg, Call Me (laughs) Claws. Yeah, I think you're the only person that I follow on Letterboxd that watched that one this year. Well, apparently only 480 people have even seen this movie. Hmm. So this movie was produced by Whoopi Goldberg and Garth Brooks. And it stars Whoopi Goldberg and Canadian boy Victor Garber. And your favorite character actor, Taylor Negron, uh, as a sassy elf. Hmm. So uh, Call Me Claus. Jared, is a sad movie where Whoopi Goldberg is a little kid and she goes to see Santa. And she he's like, what do you want for Christmas? And she's like, I wanna, want my dad to come back from the war. And he's like, oh, dear. He's like, OK, I'll see what I can do. And then uh, the kid and her mom go back this to their sounds house. sounds like the
0: beginning of a horror movie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could be taken like, like, that way. Like Death
0: Dream or something like that.
1: Yeah. Depending oh. on how you interpreted the script, the director could have made this pretty scary. Or, or like
0: uh, John Lennon's horrible episode of uh, Masters of Horror Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he
1: sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that whole family has got a problem. <laughs> anyway. Um, so uh, she goes back home and there's military men waiting there with a folded up flag. And and they're like, uh, her mom. Here's the news. Whoa. Okay, Mister Robot. Like sad. And then she comes over to the kid and like in a really. What happened?
0: You're, you're uh, very roboty. Hello. Hi. Oh. Alright.
1: Okay. Anyways, <laughs> so the mom gets the bad news and then she comes over to the kid and she's like, she's like, good news, bad news. Good news is you're. Uh, what you wish for Santa's coming true. Dad's coming home. Bad news is, and then it cuts scenes and it's like a coffin. Body bay. Yeah. (laughs) And you're just like, oh shit. And then uh, that's how the movie starts. (laughs) This is the opening scene. And then it jumps to 30 years later and uh, Whoopi Goldberg is now a full grown adult working for a uh, TV shopping channel Mm. where you call in and uh, she's like the producer and they're looking for a Santa Claus to act in the TV shopping channel and it's him, the real Santa Claus and he's there because he's like you know what Whoopi you're the next Santa Claus Whoa. I need you to take over and she's like what? She's like you ain't gonna call me Claus and then she winks because that's the title she, of the movie. She's a sister Sister girl, yeah Urban as some people call <laughs> Actually uh that's uh, addressed in the movie. I'm not just oh. a flaming racist. Um but uh yeah, so that's the movie. She's reluctant, but she uh, she's like I don't know Santa. So she's kind of like reluctant, but she she does want to help because Jared, if she doesn't become Santa, mm-hmm. you you there was only one other time in history someone didn't become Santa. You know what happened? Or you know what that guy's name was? Tim Allen? Noah. And when he didn't become Santa, the entire <laughs> earth flooded. So this is a global warming thing where it's like, if you don't become Santa, the, the world is going to end. Oh, she, She's just like, holy shit. What, what, what year is this from? 2001. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and then wow. so it's like, uh, he's like, yeah, you can become Santa and you'll live for like 200 years. And she's like, that's pretty good. And so she like agrees to do it. And then it, there's like a moment where it shows her like hugging and kissing her family, and then you see him, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, I forgot to tell her that she's gonna live for two hundred years, but she's just gonna see all her family members die." And it's like really, <laughs> it's like really yeah. weird and sad. Uh, this movie is crazy. Huh. Um, does she, did, does she have her her, her uh, patented glasses on at all times too? No, I don't think she wears glasses in this one. Oh. But she does have her dreadlocks, yeah. And uh, she makes a joke about uh, she's like she's like, "Am I gonna turn into an old white guy?" And he's like, "No, you'll look the same." And she's like, "What? Can I get sh- can I get some white dreads though?" And then she has white dreadlocks. Sure. Instead. yeah. So uh, this is fun. Me and Andrea watched it. She actually thought it was okay. She's like, "Yeah, that's fine. I could watch that again in a couple of years." Hmm. And I was like, "All right." <laughs> uh, there's not much to it, Jared. Yeah. Uh, this is a movie for kids. Okay. <laughs> so, but I, I wanted to talk about it because yeah. now it'll be on our, our master list of That's films right. talked about on the then podcast. And when people look up Call Me Claws on Letterboxd, it'll
0: bring them to our podcast master list of films discussed. And they'll be like, hmm, this criterion
1: creeps. What's the hell's wrong with them? <laughs> Who's watching Call Me Claws? Yes. Yeah. So that was good. Cool. Uh, so then, uh, my other Christmas movie um, I watched was called Krampus. Ah. Christmas yes. horror movie nice. from, uh, what's his name, Michael Daughtry? Or? Yeah, sure. Daughtry? Mr. Trick or Treat guy? Mister, yeah, Mr. Trick or Treat. Uh, so this one uh, made a big splash a couple years ago because it was like, oh, Krampus, it's like Santa, but it's edgy, man. Because Krampus punishes kids. And it's public domain. Public domain. <laughs> so and then there was. Everyone can do Krampus movies. <laughs> There was just, after this, there was like a hundred fucking do you, Krampus movies. Do
0: you remember, like, when did you first find out about Krampus? Because, like, when I first heard about Krampus, it was like, I don't know, like 10 years ago when, like, I don't know, people started going, hey, have you ever seen this thing? It's like this weird-looking demon monster, and there's, like, postcards from, like, Europe about it. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. And then everyone's like, oh, man, I'm always, I'm so into Krampus. <laughs> And no, it, I it, don't know. <laughs> I never had that experience. Oh, that—that's like what it seems to have been like on the internet. Is everyone got into Krampus? And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and now there's all these movies because it takes years for things to actually come into play. Even though it's like, oh, I think the Krampus wave is past, but we still yeah. got we still got Krampus movies
1: are rolling out yeah i think i think that's exactly what happened but i i think the when i first heard about it, it was because kevin smith your buddy criterion collection alumni yep. was talking about how he was gonna make a krampus movie for gene simmons apparently hmm. but it didn't happen because he's not really a director anymore and he doesn't yeah. do anything yeah um so anyways i watched this krampus movie it's got my buddy adam scott in it it's got uh what's your name tony collett
0: i believe yeah that's a person it's
1: got, yeah it's got uh Mike uh, David Coker, that bald guy who's himself in every movie, yep, and uh, a lady who is his wife, who I've seen in a comedy TV show. Don't know her name, but she's there too. Uh, <laughs> so this movie, uh, it starts and you just see everyone. Uh, it starts off with um, a mall being opened on like Christmas and uh, everyone's just really shitty and like fighting each other and trampling each other uh, and it's just like hey what a what a digent uh, commercialism huh yeah it's like hey isn't is not is aren't people bad <laughs> and you're just like yep sure are and then uh, you you get greeted to the family who you is know, basically
0: RJ when jingle all the ways beat you to the punch by like 15 years <laughs> it's like hey that
1: movie's good oh i'm,
0: I'm saying jingle yeah. all the way did it first
1: yeah, no, I'm aware. I'm aware. Yeah. It's just like an in, it's just the credit crawl, basically, for the start. Okay. OK. So then you're introduced to the family and they're like um, they're basically like National Lampoon's Christmas because David Coker is like uh, cousin Eddie who comes yeah. and he is like he's like, hey, we brought our kids <laughs> fart. <burp>. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And they're like dirty and you don't like them. And then like it's that's basically what they're going for. Oh, there's an old German grandma. She's there. She speaks German because she she needs to tell everyone what Krampus is later in the movie. Uh, okay, what happens? Um. Oh yeah, they all suck. And then uh, the little the youngest son, he like still believes in Santa, and he he like writes a letter to Santa that's really like sincere, and uh, he's just like, I really I really want my family to be okay. And then Cousin Eddie's uh, shitty little kids make fun of him. And so he's like, fuck you guys. So he rips up his Santa letter, throws in the fire. And that's uh, that's all it takes for Krampus, Jarrett. Hmm. He was like, all right, you don't want a good Christmas. I'll come fucking kill you, I guess. <laughs> so he does. Uh, there's a huge blizzard. And then Krampus comes. Yep. And it's more it's more or less just your plain Jane horror movie. Um, there's not much to it. The one thing, though, uh, I actually did kind of like this movie like, I don't think it's very good or anything like that. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. But uh, I really did like the uh, the monster designs and like the creatures. Yeah. I thought they were actually pretty cool looking. So there's like there's more uh, than one. Yes. So uh, Krampus has like much kind of like how uh, Santa has elves and then like workers and stuff. Krampus has like uh, his own elves and then gingerbread man and uh, toys that come alive and uh, kill people. Uh, I think the one you would like is the jack-in-the-box type of deal that's okay. he's pretty cool uh there's like an angel that like goes on the top of a tree that thing looks pretty cool uh so like the toys are like all the monster designs are pretty cool i, I think um they're kind of like gross and uh not like they don't seem too much like you know how we've talked about a lot where it's like things that are trying to be scary or creepy and it's just like you can tell they tried really hard to it's like oh it's a clown doll ooh spooky um, I didn't think they were like that. I, I just thought they were kind of like maybe this Michael Daughtry guy was just like, you know, it'd be cool. It was like this thing. And then they're like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Hmm. So I like the monsters and even Krampus himself kind of looks cool because it's kind of hard to tell. But it looks like uh, so he's got like hooves and horns and then his hoods really long. And then underneath you see it's kind of like a Santa face, but it almost looks like it's like a mask. That's like on top of like a really long head. And I thought that was really cool. I don't know if that's intentional or if that's what it actually is. But it looks like the face isn't actually real. And I was like, that's kind of neat. Hmm. Like he's wearing a Santa mask. Right. So, um, yeah, it's okay. I, would, I mean, if you're looking for a Christmas horror movie, you, there's worse. <laughs> but uh, I thought the monsters were cool and and, you know. Yeah.
0: That's about that. Okay. Um, Maybe I'll talk about some of my Christmas movies, and then we'll- You might as well. Okay. So I wound up watching Scrooge Duh for the first time in its entirety, um, you never seen that? No, it's always, like, it's been on TV perpetually, um, yeah. and I remember, like, as a kid, like, I loved Bill Murray, just because of mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, um, yeah. and I was thinking he was, like, the coolest guy, and Scrooge was always on my radar, but, like, there was something about that movie that, like, it uh, was kind of a weird, boring kind of movie for, like, a kid, I think, because um, mm-hmm. you keep waiting for, like, crazy stuff to happen, or, like, and it just doesn't till like, kind of the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but by that point you just kind of check out and so Scrooge is just <laughs> that thing movie that's just been perpetually I've tried watching it I think like a year or two ago it was on Netflix and I watched maybe the first like 10 minutes but it was like late at night and I was just not in the mood so mm-hmm. this year I'm like damn it I'm going to give it a try and uh, I watched it and I don't know I'm super indifferent to this movie to this day um, yep there is just, I don't know, Richard Donner directed this, and oh, I, yeah. looking through Richard Donner's filmography, up and down, uh, I just don't like anything he makes. Nothing? Uh, nothing. Like, uh, *Goonies* hmm. is probably his, like, I think that movie's okay. Uh, those yeah. su- those su- The Superman movies are, like, not that good. That's, like, kind of, uh, I've been, like, other than Gene Hackman and uh, Ned Baby, mm-hmm. uh, I don't really care for those
1: movies. Yeah. Um, but. I I have a serious problem with your statement. A You're two all-time bangers directed by Mr. Dick Donner. Lethal Weapon. No, no, no. <laughs> but they both have my main man Mel Gibson. Maverick which is one of my all-time mm-hmm. favorite movies. I don't care what anyone says. And Conspiracy Theory, mm-hmm. which is another one of my all-time mm-hmm. favorite movies. So two all-time bangers. All right? Well, you know when you type in Richard Donner
0: into the letterbox search on an iPod, it auto-corrects to Richard Dinner. <laughs> and it pulls up a mo- something called Serving Up Richard from 2012, <laughs> uh, directed by Henry Olick. And starring mm-hmm. nobody you've ever heard of. Uh, it mm-hmm. has 11 people who've watched it, and it's, it includes a half star, a one star, a one and a half star, mm-hmm. and a two star. So there we go. Are you going
1: to watch this now? No,
0: but uh, that's about how mm-hmm. interested mm-hmm. I am in Richard Donner as a director. I don't know. He just... He, sure. What about Maverick. It's been so long since I've watched Maverick. I don't know if I'd like that movie watching it now. Uh, like, But I remember like when I was a kid uh, watching it, I thought that movie was pretty sweet. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's still good. It holds up. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day I'll check it out again. There'll be an RJ pick. Tell me when. I have the blue. Oh, really? I'll, I'll send okay. it your way. Yeah, yeah sounds good. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, as mentioned, uh, for my Christmas dinner stuff, my parents all like to watch movies after we eat dinner. Mm-hmm, After our mm-hmm. Christmas Eve meal and our Christmas Day or Boxing Day meal, whatever day it falls on. Uh and usually that movie that gets watched definitely of the three or four we get to is uh National Lampoons, Christmas Vacation. This nice. year I said no. Because <laughs> we've watched we've, wa- we've watched it three years in a row and I just I can't I couldn't do it one this year. I just I I I gotta give okay. it a year to uh, you know, it's okay for, that you're f- a bad person. Forget some details and let it go. I mean, other than like, yeah, that's uh, fine. Cu- Cousin Eddie's like brilliant, but everything else in that movie is just like, I don't know. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's it is the the Duncan family tradition of watching this movie, but this year I was like, nice. ah. there's like, let's watch some other stuff. So, uh, one of those movies was Home Alone Two: Lost in New York. Nice. I have not seen that movie in a really long time. It's kind of like Home <laughs> Alone that I watched last year. It had been forever since I watched it last. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about these Home Alones. Uh, it seems like if you were the Come right- Come eh, They're just, like, not that good. Uh, they're, they're just, like, they're kind of not, not smarmy, but the, jo- the jokes aren't that funny. And Home Alone 2 seems to really double down on, like, the references to the- pay. It's happening again, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of annoying. Um, yeah. Marv? Is that Daniel Stern's character? Merv? Uh, Merv. Uh, no, it's, maybe it's Marv. It's, it's Marv. He, he's like really.
1: He's like somehow he got dumber in the second one, which allows it's, for more comedy, I guess. It, there's an answer. He got hit in the head so much. Yeah. Fucking Kevin McAllister but, they, turned but they, him into a potato. I feel like those references
0: were dropped though. It's pretty, well, especially in this one, where like he's taking bricks full onto the head, and he's mm-hmm. he's fine. He's like not. He's okay. He's getting up and moving around after taking like five of these, and it's like I don't know about that. It's. These are mm-hmm. uh, peculiar little films. There's just scenes that go on forever, too. Like when he, uh, when he's talking to the E.W. Duncan of the toy store, th- those scenes are just like, oh, okay. And like the weird stuff shit with like the pigeon lady where it's like, oh, Kevin McAllister dealing with poor people again. And he's like yeah. all freaked out by them,
1: which is, mm-hmm. yeah. Most poor people are scary, especially stinky park people. That's right stinky parked people you you know what part's awesome though mm. uh the part when uh, he's playing the tape just like in the first one and he's talking about uh the um tim curry and he's like he's like you were kissing them all even cliff mm. and it's cliff the security guy yeah that's a good scene oh so yeah tim curry Tim Curry's
0: wicked oh yeah tim curry is like the, definitely the best part his facials yeah. and like basically him doing the uh the Grinch face. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he's great. Uh, I mean, that's the only thing I really remembered about this. The Actually, the reason I really wanted to watch this, because like I knew that my uh, family would not re- know or re- remember that uh, Donald Trump has his little cameo in it. And so I'd be like, oh, huh. it's the president. And um, yeah, that was Did about that it. Did that stir up some controversy? No. Uh, Chateau Duncan? <laughs> no. It was just like, oh, God, you yeah. like, yup. can't escape him. I'm like, yep, can't escape him. So I followed this up with uh, a little Finnish Christmas movie called Rare Exports. uh, Oh, nice! Because I knew that no one in my family had ever heard of it or seen it. Uh, I watched this like a few years ago, and I really liked it. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a sucker for like the depiction of like naked old men. (laughs) Uh, And that's what you
1: wanted to share with your
0: family this year? Yeah, it was because like yeah. uh, So watching it again, I think it holds up quite well. Um, I really like how the movie keeps you guessing the whole time. Like it, the mystery stuff is kept at play. Like where you're like, you <laughs> don't know what's going on. It's a slow burn, but like, there's enough going on, uh, where it's like sort of like a dark adventure children's adventure story involving naked old men. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, I mean, I don't remember where to say it. I just like, I super enjoy it. I, I, I love the tone of it. Um, it's done. It's pretty straightforward too. like, no, none of the characters get off easy. Where like, the main characters that are like definitely thinking about taking this like naked old man they found in their illegal wolf pit and just dismembering the body to hide the evidence that they've mm-hmm. done this. Like there, there's like, and they're like, Oh, these are the good guys. And they're just like, oh, well we have to do what we have to do. And there's no like trying to like, Oh, well they're doing it for the right reasons. It's like, no, they just don't want to go to jail. <laughs> and you're like, these are the protagonists, which I like.
1: I like that. Uh, this movie usually, usually they sugarcoat things, Rj. they? <laughs> like, yeah. But uh, I think we can all relate to that, right? Uh, we've, we've all hidden a we, body or two. We've
0: all been there. Um, yeah.
1: But, yeah, so, yeah, Nick, naked old
0: men definitely make this movie. Mm, uh, much like real life. Much like real life. Uh, kid. The kid in this is cute. He has nice little suit, uh, little armor to, that he's wearing pre- yeah, yeah. to protect, protect himself from Santa mm-hmm. Claus, which I guess, like, uh, is kind of a Krampus entity, a, a, horned, I- a horned creature <laughs> that you don't really get to see. Uh, yeah. but, but anyway So yeah Rare Experts, mm-hmm. I think Is quite good The short films That were made for, Along with this Are also quite good mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad to have this Oscilloscope uh, yeah. uh, Blu-ray Yeah That's a good show I remember liking it When I watched it Yeah yeah, I think it's good yep. my, my, I enjoyed watching it With my family Because uh, I kind of knew where, where things were going And hearing their reactions To stuff And like It, it plays well um, Yeah And then nice. I think That night I got home I watched a film That I had heard about A couple years ago Called Deadly Games and so, mm. this is the movie that, uh, it's a French film that, I guess the producers of this, it came out in 89, the producers of it actually contemplated uh, suing the Home Alone people for plagiarism mm. because you watch Deadly Games and you're like, yeah, this is kind of like, there's like some similarities to a certain degree, but I guess they didn't pursue it because they realized they, they're just like this like French small film company compared to... God, whoever put out Home Alone, the massiveness of that company. Uh, MGM? No, it wasn't MGM. I I can't even remember. I have to look, whatever, look, whatever. Big, big, big haul. Home Alone. Big Home Alone. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so this is a story about uh, a kid <clears throat> who's a genius. Uh, mm-hmm. who is also really into action movies. Nice. And he lives in this like mansion that's like part of this like toy store magnets like like empire. Uh, His, like, dad was this inventor who died. He now lives with his mom, who's, like, running this company. Uh, And he basically stays at home while his mom's busy running the store during Christmas, uh, looking after his grandfather, who's got, like, diabetes and is, like, half blind. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
0: And so the kid entertains himself by, like, and this kid rocks, like, the best mullet I've ever seen on a human being. Um, and he just runs around, plays with his dog, kind of like, just like he's like hunting his dog, like he's a predator. And uh, but it's but it's done in a very fun way, where it's like the dog is just mm. like he's, he's his buddy. He's, that's what's what boys and dogs do, buddy. <laughs> RJ, okay. what you don't play with your dog ever? You don't play with your cats. You've never like
1: done anything with them. You just watch them from afar. Uh, I, my my philosophy is neither to be seen nor heard. Okay, Buster Bluth style. I just. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let them do their own thing. So, uh, that being said, the the
0: secondary story in this uh, is that there is a, like, homicidal hobo maniac who's been nice. released or escaped from some sort of institute who's just wandering the streets at Christmas time. And he winds up getting a job being a street Santa Claus for this store. Um, mm-hmm. And he's got a real bad attitude because uh, he's, he's, he's a maniac. And he gets fired by the kid's mom and mm-hmm. he finds out where this woman lives. Uh, there's like something involving like kind of like an early message board system where you can communicate with Santa, and he's, he got access to this and was talking to the kid, and he, mm. he, he smuggles his way into this like little uh, truck that goes back to the mansion, and it turns into a, a prolonged home invasion movie where you have this maniac man dressed as Santa Claus uh, hunting down to murder this kid. And it's done, like, pretty straight-laced. Like, it's not a Mm -hmm. comedy. Uh, It's... Visually, it looks a lot like those uh, Hong Kong Category Three films I was talking about a few Ew. months ago. Uh, this is not an RJ pick because mm. uh, we all know what happens when dogs get introduced into movies like this. They are not long for the world, uh, and it's like Lazy. but oh, it's uh, it's pretty horrific actually in a lot of ways. What uh. happens? <laughs> yeah, it's like what the like Jesus, and then it's just like the stakes just keep getting risen and risen. Um, yeah, because it's like basically it's this kid and his grandpa and his dog in this house mm-hmm. um, but yeah like I, I this movie like I has like no North American distribution uh, I guess like it doesn't help that it breaks Michael Bay's rules uh, uh, <laughs> This sounds like a bad movie oh it's good though very uh very cool movie uh I I'll have to acquire a copy of this um yeah no this movie is pretty cool uh like buy something worthwhile deal. Like deadly games.
1: Buy a Blade Runner so I can borrow oh. it from you and I don't have to buy it myself. No. Yeah, and then we both you, can get enjoyment you, you, out of it. You got those gift cards. I used them all. All right? I used them like the hour I got them. Yeah. That's
0: your problem. Brother. Um, so the next day, I watched another movie I had never seen before called Prancer. Uh-huh. So this movie came out like, 1989. I remember the commercials. They played the shit out of this, like, in Canada, I think. I guess, uh, was it Cineplex Odeon uh, was the producers on this, even though it's, like, all shot in America. This is just a story about a little girl with living with her poor farmer dad, played by Sam Elliott. Uh, he mm-hmm. runs a failing apple farm. And nice. uh, it's just kind of their, you know, day-to-day life of being poor. And then one day a reindeer shows up. And this little girl thinks this reindeer might be Prancer, like the, the Prancer. Hmm. And it's. What about like, Dasher? Uh, no, Prancer got lost. And now, now hmm. she's got. And Prancer got somehow shot in the leg or something happened to him. So she's going to help heal him up. Sam Elliott is an old farmer man and just wants to, like, blow this thing away <laughs> at every nice. turn, it seems. So she has to hide Prancer uh, away. Hmm. And uh, it just kind of goes from there. Uh, this movie's like done like shot very nicely uh it feels like it treats the audience with a certain amount of intelligence uh things aren't all uh smiles and sunshine uh in the Mm -hmm. movie but it's good i I didn't mind watching it at all i don't think it'll be like added to my uh rotation of christmas movies uh Mm -hmm. or anything like that it might be several years before i want to watch it again but it was decent i've seen some people like really like it a lot So, maybe I'm just a bitter, angry man or something like that. You are. But it's not bad. I I liked it uh, well enough. Yeah. And then for night two of Christmas movies, Mm -hmm. uh, rewatched A Nightmare Before Christmas which had, oh, yeah. it had been years since I've seen this last. And I think the last time I watched it, I don't even know if it was on DVD, it might have been on my VHS. And I remember it kind of being mm-hmm. like, the 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 wow factor of the movie kind of worn off for me uh, the last time I'd seen it, where I was kind of like, yeah, whatever. Uh, nothing special. And this is a movie that I saw in theater, like I might have even seen it opening weekend when no one gave a crap mm-hmm. about this in 1993, because I just thought this movie looked incredible. And I was like, the, Tim Burton was probably one of the first directors I was like really aware of when I would have been 10 years Old, because um, sure. I was like, "Hey, Beetlejuice, Batman, Edward Scissorhands—these are all the same guy." And this like thing looks mm-hmm. incredible. Uh, and like from years ago, like, I loved this thing, but didn't have a copy of it. And then when I was like in high school, like, I finally did, and I watched. It, and I was like, "Oh, this mm-hmm. movie's not so special." Uh, but watching it the other night, watching it on Blu-ray, fuck, this movie is like so goddamn beautiful. The like, the 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 craftsmanship. The stop, mm-hmm. the actual stop motion in this is yep. like inc- inc- amazing. Uh, it is still like a high watermark for stuff that I've watched, like even compared to like the uh Project Leica stuff, like Paranorman oh, yeah. and uh Box Trolls and whatnot. Like, this mm-hmm. I think is just like so good for like and like for 1993. Uh, I was watching a making of this uh this morning on YouTube and like yep. just. It's incredible the amount of work that goes into like stop motion. Uh, it just in mm-hmm. that regard, and then on top of that, you have the the songs that which uh, Danny Elfman wrote and sang, which is something I never quite clicked with. Is that fact that Danny Elfman sings all of the Jack Skeleton songs, and it's uh, Chris Sarandon who does all the talking parts in between? But you would never know mm. that it was like a different vo- like voice because other than oh, it's the, it's the song voice, but it's like no, that's Danny Elfman actually singing. Yeah. And, uh, he wrote all the songs, uh, and they're like still like really good, uh, catchy songs mm-hmm. that it's been, it's been years since I watched it and I was like totally into it. Um, movie looks amazing. I mean, the story is like pretty, like it's only 76 minutes long and it's probably the Tim Burton story is definitely the weakest part of the whole thing. But just the songs and the production value of this are like amazing. And, uh, I, I think it's an amazing, amazing movie. Um, it reignited my mm. love for it despite uh, the, the, the shittiness of its like weird fandom, which, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, which, which which I totally get though too. It's like the people who are really into this are like they're really into like Jack and Sally. <laughs> and, the, the, yeah. and, and like Disney's like <laughs> we'll be talking about Disney tonight. Uh, the merchandising of it like, which is so so disproportionate to like the initial reaction to it. but well, I mean that's that's Disney going to Disney, I guess. Uh, but mm-hmm. just as, as a thing by itself, it's awesome.
1: I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my history with that, Jarrett? Mm. Uh, I never liked Nightmare on Nightmare Before Christmas as a kid. Why? Uh, I thought it was scary. because oh. I was I was a sweet boy, Jarrett. Mm-hmm. I was a sweet little boy who just wanted to play Donkey Kong and be le- and be left alone to all the nice things Don- in the world. Donkey right? Kong Country. Donkey Kong Country, Don- Donkey Kong Country 2, yeah. Diddy's Conquest. Yeah. All of them, okay? Okay. Well, I did that too. I, I did all those things. Well, I didn't like the scary stuff, all right? I was a sweet boy. Uh-huh. I was a sweet boy. Um, but I, I had seen it. People, like, I think my older siblings made me watch it, and it scared me. I didn't like that boogie-woogie. He was all full of bugs. Yeah. And I was like, fuck this movie. Why is it scary? <laughs> it's supposed to be Christmas. <laughs> and then uh, as I got older... Uh, that's when I realized that I didn't really like Tim Burton's new movies anymore uh, yeah. and then as you pointed out the fandom of it
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I remember like whenever in school whenever kids would go to like Disneyland like with their families and they'd come back they'd have like a nightmare before Christmas backpack or like <laughs> pencils or something and I was always like fuck that movie I hate that shit <laughs> uh, so even be like even when I was a little kid uh, that fandom stuff was ruining movies for me mm-hmm uh, but I re- I rewatched this a year or two ago, and I was at I was like uh, three years ago, th- I know three that. years ago, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I believe I liked it when I watched it a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, that movie was pretty pretty much ruined for me by uh, shitty little kids in their backpacks. <laughs> Stupid dull. Tim Burton making well, bad
0: so, yeah. I mean, so working at the comic book store over the years, like we've brought yeah. in like so much nightmare merchandise, and it's always sells. Uh, lots of women really into it, usually with dyed black hair. Um mm-hmm. and, go like, on. No, we had like a this like seven foot tall jack skeleton stuffy thing. Yeah. Oh, and it's it that did, like one of those body pillows? Uh no, it was like actually like like posable. It, it's a weird thing we actually still have like <laughs> we have these like big like uh, they're pretty well actually very similar probably to the uh fig- the, the models that they made for the movie which like again like uh-huh, I, yeah. I, I I mean man you got you have to watch that making of like you it'll just like add so much to the appreciation of it where you're like holy crap people had to make all this like because you forget like when you watch stuff like, you just forget like how much time goes into uh, this type of work and it's like why there's not a lot of it out there but it's mm-hmm. like it's got me it's got me biting at the bit to like watch them like catch up on some of the stuff I haven't seen like
1: because I've never seen Coraline um, uh yeah but I, I, I think that expression by the way is biting at the tip biting as in like a man's tip <sighs> Tell me more. Uh, I I don't think I've seen Coraline, but what are no yeah that's the or the uh, Neil Gaiman one, right? Yeah, that and that's uh that's like that's the Project
0: Leica's guy's first yeah. one. And Coraline's then, good. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet, uh, but I want to. Then there was, like I'm not sure about nine, uh, and then never there was, watched that one. Uh, then there was like uh, well there's like Corpse Bride, which I'm less interested in because of uh old mm-hmm. jo- Johnny Johnny D in there. Johnny D, and like I'm sure Helen Bonham Carter in some form. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Hey, she came to Creepsville one time. Yeah. There's a picture of her at a local establishment. Oh. I don't know if she knew she was being photographed, but <laughs> it's up on the wall. Nice. Uh. Oh, yeah. So the night, so the
0: night before Christmas is awesome. Uh. I, I, I okay. totally, I didn't like think I was like, oh, I think it'll like, like, okay. But I like, totally reunited my like, holy crap, this movie is yeah. incredible. Uh, I watched A Christmas Carol. From whatever a few years ago, uh, I guess two thousand nine, the Robert Zemeckis film starring Oh no, uh, uh, Jim Carrey. Have you have you seen this? I think you've you've logged it as you've seen it, but
1: uh, I think that's one of those movies I've seen lots of, but uh, I don't know. I oh. I, I can't talk, speak to confidence that I've actually seen that. <laughs> I so don't know, I don't no know.
0: I don't know what I was expecting. Um, Was so, this your idea? Yes. So last year I watched like a whole bunch of Christmas Carol movies. I watched Scrooge, the one with Alistair Sam. Yeah. Uh, I watched like Mickey's Christmas Carol. I watched Muppet Christmas Carol. I watched the George C. Scott one. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, I think the one of the last ones I would need to watch to like round it up for the ones I want to see is the Patrick Stewart one. Yeah. Um, but this was like the one that I'm like, well, my parents happened. Like, for whatever reason, they owned this. Um, right. And I just like, I don't know. I haven't watched any of these uh, Robert Zemeckis mocap movies, like Polar Express or Beowulf. I never saw them. Uh, whenever I saw trailers for it, I thought these look really bad. Like that uncanny valley, like CGI humans thing, mm-hmm. which we'll be talking about later. Um, <gasps> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Christmas Carol, it's the story of uh, Charles Dickens. Mm -hmm. And Scrooge, but, so it starts off, like, maybe the first five minutes, I was like, ooh, like, I don't like the look of this at all, but the actual, like, storyboarding and everything looks kind of nice, and Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this if it looks like this all the way through, it could be quite good, but at the same time, like, if it looks like this, why didn't they just shoot it live-action? Like there's absolutely nothing that they're doing that they couldn't just do if with real life human beings, uh, yeah. Other than they're really trying to like demo the software and like really show off the abilities of like trying to like make people look like monsters, like CGI computers? creatures. I, I, which yeah. I'm okay. Why are we trying to do this? Uh, we have human beings still. Why are we putting actors out of work? <laughs> uh, well, whatever. So anyway, uh, and then so it's all the usual plot beats. And then we get to the introduction of the ghost of Christmas past and whatnot. Uh, and holy fuck my fam. Like I started like laughing and making fun of this, the ghost of Christmas past because RJ, Mm -hmm. it's this like, little floating ghost and it has like a flame for a head and with mm-hmm. it it carries around like the little like extinguisher that you have to put out a, a candle back in olden times yeah but this flame and we all know cgi flame looks like dog shit all the time but now we have yeah. this, like, this little creature thing but what does it have it has this face and it's kind of like the like the the troll meme face like that mm-hmm. weird like or gr- Tunish little thing and it doesn't really have any movement but it's like but but it's actually it's Jim Carrey's face in this thing and it, and it just floats back and forth like unnaturally like it's like a it's trying mm-hmm. to keep track of the flame and then like it like glitches out at times where like the head like rattles back and forth unnaturally and it has a childlike voice <laughs> And, like, I just start laughing because I'm like, oh, my God, this looks so bad. And then my whole family, we all start laughing because there's, like, 15 minutes of this thing. And you're just like, oh, mm-hmm. God, it won't stop. Like, this is this could wrap up. Like, why did they go this route? It's so bad. And at that point, the movie's completely lost everybody because mm-hmm. uh, then you get to the Ghost of Christmas present because the gag is that oh all the ghosts are just jim carrey's as well and then we got the the gregarious ghost of christmas present like right from like the classic image of like the big bearded man with a giant robe and uh it's jim carrey being i'm i'm a big fat scottish guy (laughs) because it's jim carrey hamming it up Uh, Mm um and you get like this like really indulgent thing where it's like the bedroom's moving and sort of this like, I'm not sure what the terminology is, but it's like at this strange, like perspective angle where the floor is completely see-through and it floats over the whole city and he's moving yeah. around the place and, but there's still furniture in the way. So it mm-hmm. just like looks like, why would you watch this? Like, and I imagine watching this thing in 3d in the theater. Like I imagine people probably got sick watching this. Um,
1: what if, what would it be like if you're watching in the D box? Oh, fuck. <laughs> We'll get there. We'll
0: get there. Um, Yeah. And then we get to uh, the Ghost of Christmas future sequence, which Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. some goddamn fucking CGI chase sequences. Like (laughs) out of like something like out of Hobbit 2 barrel sequence crap where it's like Scrooge is now running away from death, writing like this gigantic horse carriage thing through the streets of england and it's like real like it's just an action sequence in the middle of goddamn charles dickens christmas story and like Mm -hmm. as he's running he's also getting smaller and smaller and then he he, as he gets to a certain size he like runs through an old pipe but now he's speaking in like squeaky voice and (laughs) then and then he gets through the other side and he looks around the street and then it comes the giant monster horse thing comes riding around the corner he's like oh come on you know straight straight quotes from Dickens and uh, we have more mm-hmm. action sequences and uh, at this point I'm so mad and I'm like this fucking sucks this shit sucks so bad and I've seen people like this and I'm like no oh, what's wrong with you all mm-hmm. uh, yeah this is garbage It, I, I hate looking at it you can see mm-hmm. where like I mean it's 2009 too so it, it probably didn't look good in 2009 it's aged even worse you can see where like the yeah. textures they have to drop out And I think that's why I'm kind of glad they've stopped making or trying to make these movies that are entirely CGI people because it's, like, completely Mm -hmm. pointless. Like, the the reason why Pixar and Disney, like, they stylize their stuff is it makes their lives so much easier and people relate to it rather than be creeped Mm -hmm. out for, like, an hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, uh, this movie sucks. It sounds good. (laughs) Sounds like my kind of movie. I'll lend you it. I'll lend you. I'll go get my parents' copy, and you can watch it next year. I'll go
1: get it. I have a key.
0: Okay. Yeah. Wait, that's weird. Uh, Anyway, okay. That's my Christmas roundup. I'm done. Nice. Cool. Nice. Or how how long we've been going? Like three days? Uh, At least. But we. Oh God. We've got. Hey, before we get to like the three movies that we've watched, uh, let me talk. Tell you briefly about uh, my getting caught up on the world of Tommy Wiseau. So, oh no! Uh, I rewatched *The Room*. Oh yeah, uh, the legendary cult, so bad it's good movie. Uh, because no. I was going to go see *The Disaster Artist* later that day, so Ooh. I was like, well, I should watch *The Room*. Chanel's never seen *The Room*, and uh, we're going to go to it, so we'll get her up to speed. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know. *The Room* is *The Room*. Uh, it's bad. It makes, if you make if you watch it and it feels like it was made by aliens, by people mm. who don't understand how movies quite work, how acting works. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it once. Like, I am not super into the, I've, I, there's like movies like this that I like way more. This is the one that seems to have just caught on because everybody seems to like know the sayings and stuff like that. And they all laugh along. Um, my mm-hmm. introduction to the room was actually, I think it was like Tim and Eric. Um, they, they did like, oh, yeah. they, they, yeah. they had an episode, they let him direct, I guess, and, like, I just remember being like, who the hell is this guy? Mm-hmm. So that was, like, 10 years ago. And that was, like, kind of part of, like, the build of, like, The Room's reputation is, like, one of the worst movies ever made. Um, but I, The Room's worth watching if you've never seen it. Like, it's peculiar. You'll probably have fun watching it for the most part. Uh, it's there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of boring shit in there. But uh, there's, like, the stuff that when it gets there, you're like, oh, what what is this? <laughs> have, have you seen it? No, no, I've never seen it. Okay. Uh yeah. well I think that you should. Uh you you and Andy. Mm, you don't should... tell me what to do. I think you should. I'm not saying you should you will. I'm saying you should watch it. Um uh, uh... so, so this of course led to us watching the disaster artist. Right, which uh, I went in thinking it was another A twenty four drop, but uh, it's a weird thing. No. I, was, I was no, 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 it is, but not outside of the U S. Apparently, like everywhere uh-huh. but the U S., it's been distributed by Warner Brothers. Uh, mm. And but it, I don't know, whatever splitting hairs Uh so this is James Franco's uh latest opus his latest attempt mm-hmm. to like get the world to take him seriously Uh he's, yeah. been, he's been trying to make a big movie because he I don't know I, I think we talked about this way back in the day like early on in the podcast I think like mm-hmm. James Franco gets a bad rap uh, maybe like not totally undeserved but I think he's like way better than people give him credit for Um uh, and part yeah. of it may be because like everything he's, like, kind of doing is all stuff I'm interested in to certain degrees. Like, he's, like, yeah. he's been wanting to make an American tabloid, like, TV show for ages, mm-hmm. which I'm like, well, like, that would be awesome, but I don't know if I mm-hmm. want him in it necessarily. Like, he doesn't quite fit in my idea of it, but he's really yeah. into it. He did that uh, Cormac McCarthy adaptation, uh, Child of God, which is like, mm-hmm. yeah, Cormac McCarthy's cool, but then he wound up making this movie. It was like, nah, this isn't a good movie at the end of the day. It's not a badly made movie, but it's just not mm-hmm. good. Uh, so he's always been in this weird place where he says stupid stuff and people jump on him. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that maybe Disaster Artist is where it'll turn around for him. I think he's finally uh, won people over because his performance in this movie is, like, pretty great. Uh, He, like, totally makes this movie. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, What about Dave Franco? (laughs) Who cares?
0: Aww.
1: (laughs) That's uh, that's all I'll say. Uh, Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, Uh, You can keep going. I was going to say, I think part of the reason he hasn't had a hit is because he... He goes after movies that are like – or like he goes after properties that – it's like Faulkner books. Or <laughs> is it like The Sound and the Fury and like Cormac uh, McCarthy stuff? Or, or his and it's like, like the, weird, These things um, are
0: really hard to adapt, you guys. His meta movie for cruising, <laughs> which is like reshoot oh, – yeah. Which is like refilming uh, – scenes of like oh here's like some of the deleted scenes from cruising and i'm like i love cruising and it's like Mm -hmm. so i'm like him and i are kind of on the same page as far as like ideas and stuff like that so i don't know uh so disaster artist it's based on a book written by uh what's his name greg nicotero something like that old greg no uh the, the guy who was in the room he actually wrote a book about the whole making of the room like, yeah. Again, I've never been into the room that that much where I would go out and read this book. But this is a movie based now? on it, and no, I still won't because it seems like if you've oh. read the book, you will think less of the movie. That seems mm-hmm. to be like a direct link. So I'm kind of glad I didn't watch it because I think the movie is actually quite good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm.
1: What can I Keep say about? Going
0: yeah, I'm just watching you uh, playing with your cat. that's crawling. I'm all listening. Over
1: you. <laughs> I'm listening. She just wants attention too. That's all. Okay. I I divvy up my attention to all my children. You get your two hours a week. They get theirs. Okay. <laughs> oh, well done. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. I can. I'm still listening. Keep wow, going. That cat. Uh, so
0: disaster artist. I'm trying to think of anything I'll throw out there. Uh, things I don't like about it. Uh, it opens mm-hmm. up with celebrity endorsement of the room. And it's got like Adam Scott. It's got uh, Criterion uh, Creeps alum uh, Kevin Smith, J.J. Abrams. They all are. They all co-signed that this movie is one of a kind. It's so brilliant, like you can't believe that it exists. And it's like that's unnecessary. This it, is this is what this, this is the same thing that leads to uh, uh, the whole like celebration of like the Weinstein scandal stuff extending out and like rolling and taking people out this is like this is why celebrities suck like we need to stop talking about we don't need these people to say these movies are worth watching like fuck off so that part sucked they could take that out and life would be better Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's like the I don't know if you want to call it stunt casting where uh, James Franco's gotten all his buddies to play all these roles and all the people Mm -hmm. who are like kind of the the snarky actor circle Uh, Mm -hmm. what's his name from um the league and from that podcast. How did this get made? Wade
1: Franco Paul Shear? Is that his name? Oh, the bald guy with yeah, the, uh, the yeah. bad
0: teeth. Yeah. He shows up. Yeah. In Paul there Yeah. He's in there. Seth Rogan. Cause obviously he's got to be in everything yeah. with, with his bud. Uh, is is, is our pod- buddy Jason Siegel in this? No, actually. No CEO. Ooh. Yeah. But uh yeah, no Jonah Hill either, I guess. So not everybody's in it. I, I saw some yeah. people say like, they found it distracting, but I'm like I'm pretty used to it at this point. Uh yeah. like with these types of movies that like they're just gonna be st- stacked. Uh that Nathan Fielder Is guy. No, no. Uh to get that guy, Nathan for you. Uh he shows up in here. Uh, they just they're doing their, they're doing their bits and uh it's all mm-hmm. fine. The ending I don't, I'm not sold completely on the ending. It's a bit like ridiculous. Uh, when th- they do the f- big screening of the movie, and it's like, this is the first <laughs> screening of it, and people are like so into it. And we're like, okay, I just watched the room, and it's not that like, it's not like that crazy, yeah. amazingly funny, or anything like that. So it's very, it's very exaggerated, but apparently, like, Tommy Wiseau is like involved. He had to sign off on this movie. So there's mm-hmm. certain things that they couldn't probably get into, unfortunately. Um, but I think from what's there, Franco's, like, I, I was laughing a lot in this movie. Uh, yeah. there, there, I don't know. I liked it a lot. It's definitely one of the hmm. uh, better movies I've seen this year. It's definitely one of the better A24s. I think it's better than Ladybird. Um Really? For, for what that's worth.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Hmm. So.
1: Well, I, uh, I do want to see this. I don't know if I'll get to it while it's at the, the, uh, second ticket theater but uh, yeah. I will get to it eventually cool all right so. RJ we, we yep. watched
0: three movies uh, together but we w- did w- w- one re- actually together
1: and the other two th- we both watched uh, together <laughs> via the internet yeah <laughs> are you talking about the three Star Wars movies the first one being Wilson studying Woody Harrelson yes actually connection he's gonna be in that one next year Oh, as uh, I believe Han Solo's uh, mentor. Oh, the original Han Solo, yeah. because there, there's that rumor that his real name isn't Han Solo, oh. so he he gets it from the real Han Solo.
0: Hmm. Doesn't that sound good? So we yeah. Both, so we both watched Wilson.
1: Yeah, uh, it was uh, the day, what was it, Boxing Day? Yesterday. Um, and we, I made Andrea watch something of mine. And then she's like, here, I'll find something on Netflix. And she was flipping around. And she sees Woody Harrelson. And she sees this poster. And it looks like a, a, a real Andy pick if you fo- follow me. Okay. And uh, she's like, do you know anything about this? I was like, oh, yeah, that's that Dan Klaus movie. I was like, I heard it was like, okay, not great. It's got Woody Harrelson in it, though. And, uh, uh, what's her name? Diane from Twin Peaks fame. Uh, Laura yeah. Dern. Yeah. So um, we threw on that Wilson. And in the first, like, couple minutes, you're like, oh, Woody Harrelson's a fucking asshole. Yeah. And you're like, okay. It's like, and then Andrea was like, got sad for a minute. She's like, yeah, maybe he's like, he doesn't know how to do stuff because, uh, um, Because there's guys like that that are very awkward and just kind of dinks because they don't know what else to do. Mm. Kind of like a few guys I know. (laughs) Little socially awkward people. And (laughs) um, what is Wilson about? He's just a guy who says inappropriate stuff because he's got no filter. And he's just like, he's like, I don't think you're, I don't like you. (laughs) Is that what Wilson is about? Uh, I don't know. And then he finds out he has a daughter with Laura Dern, and they're like, let's go track her down. No. And then, uh, I don't know. I didn't like it. Whatever. I don't want to talk about Wilson. Wilson sucks.
0: Yeah. You uh, talk about I,
1: I didn't want to really watch. I didn't
0: want to watch Wilson either. Uh, so, yes, this is a movie that's based on the Daniel Klaus graphic novel, Wilson, yeah. uh, that came out several years ago. Uh, and this movie just came out, what, this year? Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched the trailer and I was like, "Wow, that looks really bad." In like bad, like the the bad, like the way that all comedy trailers are, which isn't really an indication of anything. Because I actually went back and watched the Ghost World trailer. From like way yeah. back when. And and they marketed it to be kind of like, hey, it's just like another like a quirky indie comedy for the for teenagers yeah. back in the day. But I knew that this is based on Ghost World and Daniel Klaus is involved in Terry Zweigoth. This is gonna be great. And it was. Mm-hmm. I love Ghost World. Uh Wilson though is from the guy who directed that skeleton twins movie with my boy Bill oh, Hader. Yeah, you're uh, your best friend. And what's her face? Other wig kirsten wig yeah uh and that Wait, movie what I, do you
1: got against kirsten wig
0: uh she's never you done animal anything. I, i've she's never done anything that i've like loved i've loved or anything like that she's fine okay but again she's another one of those like she's all part of that same crew there always is in one another's movies and it's like that's supposed to be good enough and it's just always phoned in and kind of lazy um anyway so i skeleton twins wasn't very good kind of flatly directed doesn't really seem to understand like, or at least it was like a better directed movie than this because so, I don't the, the guy directing this he did not get the because daniel plus scr- wrote the screenplay for this too he did yep. not seem to get how to like pull off that awkward cringy quality that this mm-hmm. needed like it just seemed like he could have been saying anything and you're just mm-hmm. like what it's like this isn't hitting like none of none of this is making any sense like why is he talking like this and there are there's no I don't know what it is. The so, play, uh, the performances cuz like for me like yeah. fuck Woody Harrelson's got like such like that that southern accent. Mhm. And like a draw it's like that isn't what I imagine Wilson sounded like. Like he's just like I don't know, a crusty old man and mm-hmm. uh, not this like I don't know, goofball and like his perf- oh, his performance is terrible. Uh the directing is terrible. Mm-hmm. Laura Dern is like just in this and she's fine like she- Yeah. Uh, And then, what's her name? Judy Greer is in here, too. And, like, I just am like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, all these women just, like, do not seem like people that would be hanging out with this guy. But Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, I don't know. This movie just slopped by. Nothing memorable
1: at all. Uh, It sucked. Yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of like the reason we even watched the whole thing. I was like, well, Ghost World is about, like, an out-of-place person who, like, doesn't fit in. And that's really good. And then you watch this and you're like, oh, yeah, he's just a shitty person and I don't like him. Well it's like, yeah, there's that aspect, but none of it's very interesting. Yeah, like and the something. movie yeah, and the movie itself isn't interesting either. You're like, I don't care about what he's doing. And right. then you see it happen, you're like, I don't care about any yeah. of these other people either. Yeah. Like who gives a shit? Yeah,
0: hey, that's gonna be a theme coming up here. Uh who gives a shit? Yeah. yeah.
1: Hey, this works good in our trilogy. It
0: really does. Okay. Yeah. So Wilson, uh just not, not a well made movie. Uh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So RJ, uh I mm-hmm. saw that you watched Star Wars. Rogue, or Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Uh, What's the title? Star, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story? I yeah. Think. yeah. yeah, wh- Why'd they do that? Fuck. Because uh, that's their gimmick. Because it's Han Solo, A Star Wars Story. Star Wars Story. Uh, yeah. but anyway, so uh, you watched this yesterday, which, of course, mm-hmm. prompted me late last night to be like, well, I guess I better watch it because we mm-hmm. watched what we watched today. Uh, so
1: Rogue One, <laughs> huh? Yeah, so Rogue One is a movie that I heard about, Yeah. and uh, I've heard about this before. Someone's mentioned it. I remember last year when it came out, everyone was always like, man, this is like what The Force Awakens isn't. This is like the prequel we always wanted. It's different. It's like a standalone story. It's about uh, the Death Star. It's cool. And then I remember your buddy Gareth Edwards, Godzilla man, mm-hmm. was uh, directing this. And I was like, OK, that sounds cool. And then the movie was done. And then they reshot the whole movie, it sounded like. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Why would they do that? And then the movie came out. And I remember some people are like, yeah, it's better. And some people are like, holy fuck, it sucks. And uh, see, it's much like uh, this current one. But I didn't care at the time. I was like, I don't really give a shit if I see that or not. So I never watched it until now because it's on Netflix and why not? So I uh, threw this thing on. And I think... It looks nice. I think this movie has a nice look to it. It's shot well. There's some cool scenes. You know what, though? Uh, I don't know if it's like... Or the good for way, the, 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 the way I don't know.
0: The way it's shot, though, is completely not... Irrelevant? It, it doesn't look like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Because, like... Uh, no, I
1: don't think it does. I just, I, I just yeah, mean, like, I thought it looked nice. Like... When you see Mads Mikkelsen in that grass field, I was like, that's nice. Yeah. That's a nice image. It was a nice lift directly from *Inglorious Bastards. Like, that yeah. whole
0: sequence is like, that oh, it's the flashback in *Inglorious Bastards.
1: So, yeah. had your buddy uh, Ben Mendelsohn as a <laughs> uh, resident bad guy. Boy. But, uh, I, so, okay. One thing I will say is I, I will not give much shit to
0: actors in these Star Wars movies because they have, like, an impossible task of – trying to yeah. like work with this material uh where their characters are usually not given much to work do or anything like that they're not giving much character basically yeah. they're just they're just people thrown in front of like s- shit that's not really there until after the fact and they have to just kind of deliver their lines and move on to the next scene that it's it's pretty yeah.
1: it's a pretty thankless task <laughs> yeah no i agree with you and the same with the directors too because it's they're probably just being told to do a very specific thing. And, you know, it goes the way it goes. But uh, anyway, so I was watching this. I was like, it looks kind of nice. And then immediately I was like, oh, why does it sound so weird? Mm-hmm. I was like, what is this weird bubbly music that's like, don't, don't, bon, bon, don't. Why does it sound like Lost? <laughs> why does it sound like Lost? But then Seinfeld, too, at some points. And then I was like 20, 30 minutes in, and I was just like, why should I fucking care? Cause you're introduced to about 50 fucking characters in the first 20 minutes and none of them you really care about. It's like, Oh yeah, that girl's parents died. Ooh, too bad for her.
0: That's what happens happens in movies.
1: That's what happens in movies. And it's like, guess what? There's a lot of orphans in the world, but they're not all crying. (laughs) Uh, And I don't know this whole movie. Like there was a couple cool parts But the whole time, I was just like, I don't know why we should care. It's like, I know how it's going to end. It's like, everyone was so surprised. It's like, oh, they all die at the end. It's like, yeah, that's what the fucking movie's about. That's what it was always about. Like, they they said that to begin with. It's like, yeah, they're all going to die. And you're like, okay, I don't care. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. It's just, I never found any of the characters anything. Like, you don't care about the girl. You don't care about, like, the sassy uh, rogue pilot guy. Force Whitaker's there for a minute, and then he has, like, this big death he scene. He does And nothing. you're just like, you're like, who gives a shit? You're he, like, this guy was in the movie for literally a second. He, well, he, he does nothing. Like, he just shows yeah. up, and he's, like, kind of weird
0: looking and, like, has, like, a suit or something like that. And he saved her life at some point. And then, like, I honestly was yeah. like, I messaged you saying... Did he just die? Like, is that the end of him? Like I saw him watching as like the planet's blowing up inside this cave, and that's it. And I was like, wait, that's it for him? I thought he was
1: like going on for the rest of this. Nope. But see, that's the thing too, and like I think they were trying to make this edgy movie where it's like, look, we introduce all these characters, and one by one, oh boy, you didn't expect us to Kill them so fast, did you? Wow. And she's like, "I they, don't care." They don't
0: kill anybody really to like the last, the end, twenty minutes yeah. or whatever.
1: But so. like, you don't care about them either. And then you realize it's like, oh, this is just like a cookie cutter, plain Jane movie where it's like, oh, we're gonna get the plan. No, there's the plan. There's a space okay. battle.
0: So, so to break that down, uh, yeah. watching this movie, so the first hour and a half is just nothing. Like you really don't have to ever watch it. Uh, everyone's just is kind of going through the motions. And then yeah. when they finally they they go back to Yavin Four. Oh, okay, so and one of the other things in this stupid movie is like every time they show a planet, they, they're like giving you a little t- a little title thing saying where they're at, and they do yeah. that over and over and over again, which is very un Star Wars as well. Like it's never yeah. it's been this is a different movie, right? Because it's only a Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. Um, so they always lay out where they're at. Um, so to catch you up on the story, and they yeah. have to, of course they have to introduce to you like five six characters in this unit that. They're never they're ever going to really show you anything particularly interesting about them or make yep. you kind of like warm up to them in any way other than my parents are dead and I was a robot, an evil robot. Then I got reprogrammed mm-hmm. and this is my human. He just says things and he's like going to kill somebody maybe one day. And here's another guy who's being arrested and he's like not a good guy, but maybe he'll redeem himself. And here are some Asian men. One's blind and this, <laughs> and this guy's bigger. He's like a gruffer looking Asian man and he's got a big gun. Isn't that interesting? That's it, that's it. That's all they do for an hour and a half. And they have an adventure. We have mm-hmm. to find out where we have to go to get this thing. And they do. And then they realize, oh, okay, now we ha- now we know we have to go get this other thing that we now know it's whereabouts because we got the other thing. And then the last mm-hmm. 45 minutes is like an actual action sequence of note. Um, mm-hmm. And that's like, I, I got more interested in it because at that point it felt like we were in the story that matters. And not like yeah. the the filler story. Yep. Um, and we get Darth Vader, um, which is cool, with, with really bad, like really well, not bad, but old James Earl Jones doing the voice, and he yeah. he, he just doesn't have that same oomph anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, you get the action sequences. We get more goddamn ATATs showing up <laughs> because there's, like, no other – like, this is the one thing that bugs me about the Star Wars movies and the newer ones is that they keep relying on, like, the same old images. Like, the first time you ever saw an ATAT in Empire Strikes Back, it was like, what the fuck is that? Holy fuck, that thing looks yeah. so cool. But now they're like, hey, ATATs, right? And they just show that. Like, it's like the technology – is limited to what you've already seen, and when they expand yeah. it, it's just like, oh, we make this thing look slightly different than the thing you already know. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. They just, they just brush it up a little bit, but there's like no new, new thing. It's just the same thing over and over and over again, because they don't want to diverge too much. Just like uh, us. Just like us. Uh, yep, and then everything about the whole last act of this movie just feels like uh, video game- of like you've seen yeah. in Avengers, like I always think about mm-hmm. when when Iron Man's like, I have to keep the turbine spinning, or otherwise the <laughs> helic otherwise the helicarrier will collapse. And you're like, I just like, yeah, this is all like storyboarded like a video game is now. Mm-hmm. And when I was watching uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, it's like the exact same ending. Like there was times where I was like. And this is this has got to be the exact same as Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Because there's a yep. space. Cause it's all it's this Return of the Jedi, or it's like there's the space battle part, and then there's like the mm-hmm. lower tier part on sort of like a planet that's like forested or a city, and then there's the interior battle going on inside. And it's like, oh, no, mm-hmm. we have to use this device to help lower down and grab the thing. Oh, no, it seized up because the power went off, and now I have to climb up there. It's like video game level. And it's like, we have to take this thing to unlock this, and then we can go over and do this part. And it's just like, oh, my God. Like, who? I already know what's going to play out. They're, they're all going to succeed in doing the thing they need to do because mm-hmm. otherwise it's not Star Wars. And uh, and then be it CGI, Grand Moff Tarkin. Uh <laughs> A lot of
1: CGI grandma target. Yes.
0: However, the the sad thing in this movie is that him and the other uh, one of the other CGI characters, the robot K two mm-hmm. whatever, they're like probably the best characters in the movie. That yep. like, that are like kind of like, oh, they're like, they actually did something. They had, it seems like they had some presence or like dialogue that made them stand out. Uh, and they actually had yeah. agency and they're like, oh, that's w- hilarious. That like the two best parts were the CGI things and not the real life actors who just like have to like deliver their lines very stoically in British <laughs> life. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then we get the Jason Voorhees, Darth Vader bit, uh, which I, which is like the only thing <laughs> I've really ever heard about in this movie. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh man, you can see Vader really kill some people and cut people in half. Uh, And I'm like, yeah, that happens. And it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's like
1: cool, I guess. But at the same time, uh, it's. it's, Yeah. You know what? It has an awesome movie of Vader going around killing, or awesome scenes of Vader going around killing people. Revenge of the Fifth. Yeah. Episode three, baby. Which Which is. Climbing and climbing up my ranked list every day, becoming possibly taking over empire one day. Oh come on now! Uh, <laughs> and so yeah, this
0: movie just ends, and it's like, oh look, it's like everyone, everyone's dead. But it's fine yeah. because CGI Leia's got the 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 notes, and she's talking mm-hmm. about hope. Hope. And and it's creepy, and she's like, ah, no. But if we have some new hope here, which of course new hope. ties in very well to the new trilogy and uh, the Last Jedi, mm-hmm. which is all about hope, RJ. And RJ, yep. uh, you and I both saw the Last Jedi this very
1: afternoon. Well, the S stands for hope, Jared. Yeah. In, in Kryptonian. <laughs> yeah, we went to see that new Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, people know. Last week, we uh, our interest was peaked as uh, there was a huge discord in the fan base. Uh, the critics were loving it. The fans are hating it. And you and me were uh, just confused as to how there could be such such a gap in the Star Wars fans who seem to just love this shit. So we were like, hey, let's go see this son of a bitch. Because neither of us were going to go see it in theater. Or not the first month at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, then all this shit happened. And we're like, all right, well, let's go. So you, me, and Andy girl, she came too because she just watched all these movies yep. with me. And uh, she watched that Force Awakens the other day. And she's like, yeah, I'll go to this new one with you. And I was like, all right. So I secured some tickets. And uh, we had an adventure. We went, first time ever, (laughs) all three of us, to the D-Box seats (laughs) in the theater. A Canadian company from Quebec. Uh Uh-huh. So I've never sat in a D-Box, but I've sat in the row like in front of the D-Box seats and you can feel them shaking. Yeah. And I've always just been like, "What the hell?" Uh, I was like, "Why would you want to do that?" It's so fucking violent. Um, and the best <laughs> was my friend Ryan. Always, I I remember like when he was talking about it one time, and it's all I can picture in d box. He's like, "I can just imagine you like trying to eat your popcorn and drink your drink, like shaking around and it flying everywhere." And I was actually concerned that uh, that was going to happen to Andrea because <laughs> as soon as this movie starts. It has, like, the crawl. It's, like, in a galaxy, yeah, far away. And then the Star Wars blasts up, and your seats fucking lurch way back. <laughs> and you're, I was, it actually surprised me. I was, like, holy yeah. shit. Um, and then every time something happens, like, there's a speck on the screen in the left, like, on the left of the screen. Your your chair will jerk left. Or there's, like, a whiff of air on the right side. Your chair jerks right. Um, I, I believe I saw you turn your D-box seat off uh, mm-hmm. at the one or two minutes yeah <laughs> uh well to be and to be fair this was probably the worst movie to try because there's a 20 minute fucking action scene to open the movie mm-hmm. and it's like you're bouncing around um, me and andrea both had ours on the lowest setting and yeah. i think we lasted 10 minutes and we both turned it off because uh i was getting like annoyed sick <laughs> i was getting like Like, sick. I was like, man, I don't feel good. Like, just getting shaken around for 20 minutes. I was like, if that's what the intro was like, I don't know what the rest of the fucking movie will be like. I feel like a lot of people might have turned
0: their seats down. Because at the beginning, holy fuck. It was just vibrating. Like, my feet were vibrating. I was like, Jesus. And then, like, though, it seemed like maybe after the first... 10 minutes it just stopped and I'm not yeah. sure if maybe everyone turned their seats down or like it's only like the first 10 minutes where they actually put any effort into the D box and then it's just like nothing and there's like there's a lot more talking where there's like no need for it but yeah, yeah like, even during the later action scenes there's like no vibrations anymore so I was like oh yeah everyone's just like they just want the reserve seating which is what we
1: were really honestly going in for as well yeah, I actually didn't know that you could turn those off. So I might get D-Box now if uh, there's ever a big movie I want to go to. And yeah. I don't want to have to brush shoulders with the, uh, the peasants. The hoi poi. in the front row. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, D-Box, man. And then we went. And we saw this last Jedi. Uh, we saw the Porgs. <laughs> we saw some amazing sights. We have such sh- sights to show you, Jared. <laughs> So Shit. I don't know if you I don't know if you want to take it or if you want me to take it whatever go, you go, feel go for it we we, uh, we, haven't, we we haven't talked about it yet no yeah uh, people don't know but Jared's this big weirdo we left the theater and he was just completely silent I was like Jared talk to us and he was like <laughs> oh uh, and he like stuck his head out the window no I'm just kidding but uh, <laughs> we didn't talk about it too much because you actually live close to the theater so I dropped you off in like two minutes yeah. But me and Andrew had talked about it. OK. Uh, her opinion is now that uh, Star Wars is dumb <laughs> and she, she like doesn't care at all anymore. She's like, I don't care. She's like, if I don't ever see any of those again, I have no problem with that. I was like, that's fine. Uh, her opinion and much like mine, she was she was kind of like she's like, it's just like fucking all the other ones we watched in the last week or two because uh, we watched Force Awakens and we watched all the prequels and uh, she's like, I don't see how it's any different so I don't see what people are getting so mad about mm. and I kind of uh, agree with her in that, right? Where it's just like yeah, it is just like those other ones uh, I think, I actually do think so Which is which is the problem you, you know what I think though? Yeah, it is just like, it's just like any of the other Star Wars movies, but maybe people are getting like, I, to quote Jared Duncan maybe they're getting woke to this played out <laughs> Played out scenario where, like, when Force Awakens came out, I remember it was the first thing you said. You're like, "Fuck that movie!" And like, listed all these problems. But yeah. then every fanboy in the world was like, "Oh yeah, it's the best." Mm-hmm. And then this one came out, and it sounds like like the problems are the same problems you had in the last one. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I haven't heard your opinion yet, right. but I'm just guessing. And it's like, yeah, these were the problems that these like these newer movies have always had. So, I don't know. I I enjoy parts of it, like. There, there were some cool scenes that I liked watching, and uh, uh, me and Andrew are invested in Ben and uh, Adam Driver, so I like seeing him on screen. That's cool, but uh, there's just so much stuff that's like... Um, it's so done out, and uh, like this... Okay, so here it is. This movie's super fucking long. For no reason. There's so yeah. many scenes that don't need to be in here. Like, the entire last 40 minutes could have been done in five. Like, you don't need that big escape. You don't need... That like strong battle out in the front or anything like that. I don't think so. At least I thought you could Weird. do with those. That that's that's interesting. Okay, so like the one thing is like
0: I, and that's a very common complaint yeah, is this intro- movies this movie's like a half hour too long. Everyone's yeah. like, why didn't the movie just end like a half hour earlier? But I'm like, so much of the stuff that is like important to the story happens in that last half hour. Like it's like, well, it's, do you know it's, what I mean though? Like the get, escape get, get, stuff, like f- from from maybe, which, maybe okay, not so hey one, oh hey folks spoiler happened, time right. so like, yeah we're, yeah we're we're talking about it like you've seen it so there yeah you go. okay we're, so what, what escape part okay
1: like, so like wait when they're all like escaping the big ship and like trying to go down to the planet because yeah, that takes yeah, a
0: long yeah. time that fucking the then, entire
1: movie <laughs> the entire that's the entire movie yeah and uh the casino scene oh, and God. uh anything with finn and uh rose oh their their whole side story could have not actually there you go Their whole, Finn and Rose, their entire side story could have not been in this movie. And then people would have been like, oh, what about character growth? It's like, well, whatever. You see Poe grow as a character. He's like, oh, maybe I won't shoot first. (laughs) And you're like, okay, man. And then it's like, what about Adam Driver? What about Ray? You don't need the Finn story at all. So that's what I mean. Like, there was a lot of stuff like that where it's just like, you don't need any of this. Yeah. And it's played out.
0: (sighs) Yeah. So. Uh, where to begin? So the movie starts out kind of like Empire Strikes Back, which yeah. is one of my favorite things now is every time a Star Wars movie comes out, somebody always says this is the best movie since Empire. Since Empire. Every single time. And mm-hmm. it's never true. Mm-hmm. Um, they get generally, you could argue, worse. Uh, I think Last Jedi is worse than Force Awakens in that – I I, yeah. I I, think in some ways I don't know I, I thought Rogue One was pretty like it left me feeling nothing which is like yeah. probably the worst thing but like I didn't hate it but it was boring and it didn't go anywhere the last like bit kind of was like okay this is at least competent action movie making mm-hmm. Last Jedi though man did it make me aware of how little anything happens in it uh, yeah. um, I don't know I didn't like this movie like I, I, I figured you I, wouldn't. I, I, but... I don't. Now I'm not like starting a petition to like strip this movie from the canon. I I think it's interesting that like Star Wars fans like this is the the straw that broke the camel's back and now they're getting kind of mad. Even though this yeah. movie's made like eight hundred million dollars already, like mm-hmm. whatever, like nothing's gonna stop it. Um, we'll see what happens when the next one comes out. I'm sure it'll it'll probably make less, but mm-hmm. still tons. But um. Where do you even begin with this thing? It just like nothing happens. Like okay, here I'll I'll lay it down like, for the, you. The actress, the all like Adam Driver is in this movie, but I'm really not even aware of what he did. Like he seemed like he just stood around a lot. He doesn't do very. Yeah. I mean, that's like Darth Vader. I, I try to think of like what does Darth Vader do in Empire Strikes Back? He he stands on the sh- the the ship, yeah, the bridge of the ship, and he looks off into space, and he's contemplative. And uh, there's like a bit where he flashbacks. To or like he's like in the he's in the dream sequence in the, the cave in Dagobah and there's a lot of a lot of standing around and posturing but it always seemed yeah. like at least the, the, he commanded every scene he was in like when Darth Vader's there he mm-hmm. is the center of attention in this though it's like oh Supreme Commander Snook, who is like oh he's in a red room with these new samurai crimson guards isn't that red cr- room
1: yeah. more like red herring
0: well no that's the uh, that's Laura
1: Dern's character. Um, oh yeah Yeah so the whole, God damn Where does this movie even begin? You're talking about The Crimson Guards Yeah but where does This movie begin Okay though? so the movie begins And there is a Fucking space fight And they're escaping, it's like They're escaping a planet They're escaping they're, they're, a they're, planet. Their, their base has been
0: found And they have to get yeah. away And then there's a Big space battle um, And there's like A dreadnought that shows up And they were told like Dreadnoughts are like Real killers And we, we should take it out And so that's like Poe Dameron's Like storyline mm-hmm. Is like He just said We have to take this thing out And then Leia doesn't like this later and demotes him, even though yeah. it's like whatever, because uh, a bunch of people died, which is like, that's this whole movie is about a whole bunch of people dying. Like mm-hmm. the rebel, the the resistance is completely like reduced down to like a dozen people that can fit on the Millennium Falcon. That that's mm-hmm. what this movie is about, and it's about setbacks. But it's like it never really feels like that big a deal, because like none of the principal characters that we know are. Injured in any way whatsoever, they're just fine, yeah. Um, and then, like, we get to this position where, like, okay, the characters can't just escape because they can now be tracked, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay. And there's like, I, I zone out when they're like, when they start doing like their Star Trek techno babble and Star Wars, like, I don't give a yeah. fuck at all about that. And uh, that's like the whole movie, is they, they do one hyper jump and then and then they get stuck, and then they're stuck. And then you just watch them slowly pull away from the Star Destroyers that are just shooting at them. And, like, Mm -hmm. there's, like, some sort of explanation why they don't just blow them all up. And I don't understand what that is. Like, it's, like, they say it, but I'm, like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, it's always a weird thing with Star Wars movies is that, like, Star Destroyers, like, just... Stand around a lot, they don't do anything really, mm-hmm. even though the very first time you see a Star Destroyer in A New Hope, it's like blowing the shit out of a ship. Like, so, mm-hmm. like, but a lot of the times, like in Return of the Jedi, they're always like, We're going to sit back. The Emperor has a very important display that he wants to show, and it's like, mm-hmm. Okay, and it's just there to make sure the other ships don't escape. In this, they just sit there and, like, Okay, now we're going to have an hour and a half drawn out sequence of these ships getting knocked off one by one because that's mm-hmm. what the screenplay says. But in the meantime, we're going to have a bunch of adventures with other characters who are off doing other things for like, various reasons. Uh, yeah. We have to go get Luke Skywalker because that's what the whole first movie was about, setting up. Mm-hmm. Is, where's Luke Skywalker? Now she's going to... Oh, she found him, but now she spends like a movie... Figuring out why he stopped hanging out, and yeah, which they like, that's it. And Chewbacca is just going to sit on the uh, Millennium Falcon, and he's going to get woke to veganism because it's not nice to eat cute little
1: critters. Um, yeah, but porgs are pretty cute, though. Oh, fucking! But that that puffin thing, that's fake news, right? Oh, I, I, that that is some hilarity now.
0: So apparently, these pork things, there's like a story out there that oh well, the reason why they're there is because they shot on this island, and there's all these puffins, and it's a lot more. It's, it's cheaper to CGI over the puffins than to CGI them out and I'm like okay but then you watch this movie and it's like oh did the puffins get into the millennium falcon and so when Chewbacca does a roar the porg does a little roar too like oh yeah. th- this seems like uh, a bunch of bullshit a bunch of fucking bullshit yeah. and then oh what are these silver crystal foxes that show up in the fucking movie that were like
1: <laughs> oh god damn hey, so here's uh, the uh, thing Jared. yo I think the puffin thing is fake news but I like Porgs, so (laughs) whatever they're like Ewoks, which I guess is the point. Uh, But uh, oh, but what about those like the giant like racing horses? The the racing horses. Well, that's to teach people that uh, rate like using animals for entertainment is bad. Yeah, because because uh, people need to be taught that, or else they don't realize. Yeah, so and gambling is bad. Yeah, so this and alcoholism is bad. Yeah, this movie
0: is just as bad as any of the prequels uh <laughs> like it is like, uh-huh. like people will figure it out they're gonna learn one day that oh yeah this mm-hmm. movie kind of sucks um like it's the that casino planet stuff is like Peak prequel prequelness yeah it's not good Ryan this is a total misfire by Ryan Johnson uh, uh he, do you think he's still gonna get his trilogy oh yeah this well, movie just yeah. made 800 million dollars I guess he's the genius behind it it's not just because it's Star Wars. Yeah, like no like I don't think people are going to this movie cuz it's great. Um yeah. We didn't. We didn't. We went out of it was like why do people hate it? Yeah. Um I could totally see why. Uh it's just not good. Uh I the Luke Skywalker stuff, the, the people having a real problem that this isn't my Luke Skywalker. Mm, yeah. I, I don't just... I, I don't buy that too much. I I'm not on board with that idea. I think it's fine. I think yeah. it's like, oh no, they went in a different direction with that particular character. That's decent, I guess. Uh, yeah. Ray has nothing to do in this movie. Like she's, no. she, she's not well-served whatsoever. Um, I'm really over though. The, uh, British girls as leads in star Wars movies, uh, that, mm. that just, it needs to end. I think.
1: What They're, if they brought on board Dame Judy Dench? <laughs> Would you watch that movie? No. Um, anyway, what? I don't know. Uh, just, I was so many. Most of yeah. it's just
0: like until you can watch this movie again, or like in a slower method, are not all. in a theater, like when you're like watching the movie for the first time, and you can start really going to town and picking this movie apart. That that's yeah. what's going to happen to this thing. It's a mess. Uh, I'm trying to think of stuff that I actually liked about it, and I'm I'm kind of having problems thinking about things I actually genuinely like there's all that so one of the big complaints is the humor the weird like every time Mm -hmm. they're doing a scene they deflate it with another joke or a line I think there's even a bit where like uh, when Ray and um uh, Kylo are talking, and we have like shirtless Kylo, and she's like, Yeah, yeah and they're having this conversation. And she's like, Can you put your shirt on? And I'm like, What? Like, why are you throwing that joke line into this movie where it's like, This is like where the movie's like starting to get into like the drama of it. Like, why are we still making jokes? Like, that under, yeah, like it's just like, and it's constantly every scene
1: has some sort of weird, like offhand joke that doesn't entirely yeah. bring attention to itself. But see, I, the thing yeah. I don't like there is that I think that brings it back to like, current day culture way too much because it's like yeah the jokes don't land and it's like especially for like poe dameron because he's like a wise guy right but everything he says is like jokes from like the 50s and 60s or like not even that it's just like really played out cliche jokes where he's like a squeaky wheel gets the grease huh (laughs) when it's like a nut that won't like move and it's, it's just like he says jokes like that and it's like i don't feel like These people who live in this oppressed fucking (laughs) space universe would be making jokes about like real, real dumb shit that like we talk about. I don't know. They all talk. It just pulls me out of it. Yeah. They all talk like
0: script writer. Like it's a script writer talk. And it's like, no, this isn't good. Like punch up stuff. It's, man. So yeah, yeah,
1: the the jokes are bad. Yep. Uh, There is probably what will go down as the most iconic and. Remembered Star Wars scene in any any movie? Luke milking the alien for the gr- that hot green titty milk and, and just ooh, slurping wow, it and down while,
0: and while looking at Ray it's like looking getting that Rey. getting that milk in that beard. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, why is that there? <laughs> I don't know. How, it's so dumb. Well, it's kind of like they're they're trying to like do the Yoda thing on Dagobah, but you know he never like to make he, him ropes. He, yeah or make him like weird. And it's like, oh, He's an yeah. old hermit now. We we didn't know we don't know we don't know what old Ben Kenobi was doing with those banthas down on Tatooine. He was chugging Tatooine titty milk.
1: That's actually yeah gross. (laughs) Uh, I was gonna say that's uh, you were saying how people have a problem with Luke, but I saw a a dank meme, Jarrett, where it was talking and it was just talking about how we abandoned things, and it's like, well, yeah, but that's what Obi Wan and Yoda both did, and it's like not even in the prequels in the original ones. They both went into, like, fucking isolation because they're like, well, we fucked up. Yeah, they all drop out, man. Yeah, we're like, we'll we'll get out of here. Yeah, it's all part of the – yeah, he got just.
0: yeah, I mean, he had a school and then things didn't go great. Uh, There's, like, no follow-up, though, on, like – remember, like, they were like, oh, he took some of his students with him. Yeah. And it's like, where did that – like, what's with that throwaway line? Is that going to pay off in the next one or is that just like, eh, we just said that because we wrote it in the script and we didn't think of it. And it's like, that's that.
1: I don't well, know. that's what I was thinking. Oh, well, I was like, bit. "Is are
0: the Crimson Guard dudes the samurai Crimson Guard dudes? Are these the the trainees, and they just stand around in the room and do that?" Would have made more off. sense, but, but they no, never mentioned it. So it, I don't know. So that's like a weird yeah. thing that comes back to me now. Um, yeah, I like, there's just more things that I don't like about this movie than anything I like. Like, I don't even know. Uh, the score isn't just there. It's John Williams, yep. at least. That's one thing we didn't mention with, yeah, in Rogue One. Rogue One. Man, you really, really go, man, John Williams makes a big difference. And it makes things feel like Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, they're, uh, God. There's like the, I'm not sure what people talk about when they're talking about this movie being weird. Did you,
1: did you like what do you What do they mean weird? Did, I don't
0: know, but I've seen people is say this it? is like the weirdest Star Wars movie. It's got like stuff that's unusual that like uh, audiences might not like, and I'm like, not really. Is like that what the titty milk scene? That maybe, but it's like that's just like have people ever lived on a farm? And they're like, I guess that scene doesn't belong in maybe Star yeah, Wars. Well, about, people are like that's so off putting as they like eat their frozen yogurt. Yeah, so I oh know. Yeah, so Finn and Rose they spend a lot of time riding on CGI things, like yeah. be it a like the 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 horse thing or the when or B B eighty eight is like manning the ATST and they're just riding around yeah. in the firestorm of hell. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, here we go. Oh, and I really like the big uh, payoff of Captain Phasma, like probably uh, yeah. it's like, oh
1: fuck, it's so stupid. It's like, Who cares? That's the thing. It's like they intro. I think that's why people are so mad. Is because they introduce all these things, and then they're like, even in Force Awakens. I remember, y- like, you and me talked about this. It's like, who gives a shit about these characters? Like Captain Phasma is like, it, it was a character created to sell toys because yep. it was different from the other ones. She'll and it's be like the Boba Fett yeah and it was like no one fucking gives a shit it's like just for toys and then in this one when stuff actually doesn't pay out because it's like oh you know what they didn't have an idea for that character why don't we just fucking kill them in this movie and then everyone got real mad they're like oh they're like they never explained that character's like backstory and it's like so
0: yeah Yeah, uh, like did you
1: know Yoda's backstory (laughs) until like you know what I mean like when those came out no one cared yeah I anyways don't i don't know it... <laughs> i uh i actually thought the crimson guards were cool because i was just like hey they're actually doing something what about uh what's his name captain H- general hux or whatever. admiral hux. oh he looks so sick he's got like sunken in pale fucking red eyes That's it's stuff. just like are you cause, okay cause, cause
0: he's a redhead they're, they're sickly uh, people maybe so he's but, uh, he's so he's trash uh yeah. every basically every character doesn't come off well like nobody comes out ahead in this other than i guess like luke
1: gets his big send off um yeah. and oh uh, there was something i wanted to mention that i forgot to bring up to you before you know how you were talking about how they had to start putting up like signs at the theater where it's like there is a there is a 10 second scene with no audio <laughs> It's like this is entirely intentional. Yes. Like, don't come complaining to us, <laughs> which, by the way, is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm I'm guessing it's the scene where well, it's like the, it's the start of the, the hyper. Is, yeah. The hyperdrive scene. Yeah. Kay, so that's the only time, if, that's the only time yeah. in the entire movie that there's no sound. There, and it's it's only for like five seconds. So yeah. why would anyone complain? Uh but anyways, it was really funny. So uh Diane from Twin Peaks is manning the spaceship and uh she hits it into hyper or like hyperdrive to uh or she hits it in a light speed to go through this the big ship, yeah. and then the sound cuts out, and about three seats down from Andrea, some guy just Oh wow. <laughs> wow like right when it was silent yeah. and i was just like you fuck you ruined that cool cool silent moment uh, Andrea said there were these two old ladies beside her that were like saying stuff all the time like when something like serious would happen they'd be like oh shit <laughs> Or it's like what oh shit like i don't know anyways anyways i just thought i'd tell you that because i thought it was funny oh, it's no, like the gary I, I, I oldman thing again Oh, wow. That's
0: the big moment I think I've heard many, like, even the snooty film critics who also say this movie is, like, good, which yeah. is ridiculous. Uh, they all say there's one moment that's, like, really great. like And I think – I guess that would be the moment because unless they're talking about what
1: else flying is Leia. Uh, when she supermans back into the ship. <laughs> oh, fuck. That is just, like, such – such shit but when once her like uh Why?
0: when she freeze instantly she did but then her force powers kept her alive and she just flies and then there's no follow-up other than oh she's good it's like clear like <laughs> what is this like there's yeah. no follow- oh god this movie has, has so many problems
1: um it doesn't but do, didn't it, you didn't you love benicio del toro's new character with the no. stutter that's no that's terrible Fun stutter.
0: Everything, Finn and Rose, did accomplish nothing. 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 And, uh, yeah, so it's like another, like, it's always these things where it's like, oh, Finn was such a great character in uh, Force Awakens. I'm like, no, not really. Oscar Isaac, oh, he's so good in that. I'm like, he's not even in Force Awakens. He is, like, he's, again, another character who, like, he shows up and then he disappears for, like, an hour and then he just shows up again. In this movie, he just, like, he's complaining, like, for the entire time, like, we have to go do something. And then we get the guard. Okay, so, yeah, the Laura Dern thing. So whatever her character's name is again. Hul Hul Holdo or whatever. I think uh, it's E Honda. Hul Hodo. She Honda. Uh, yeah. yeah. So she gets the unenviable uh, task of basically playing uh it's kind of like Stephanie McMahon's character in wrestling right now. Where she's the like she's the authoritarian character who just like is a bitch just because and there doesn't there's no there's no sense other than you're supposed to be like oh she's bad and incompetent why are we listening to to her but turns out Mm -hmm. oh that was Princess Leia's plan all along which is actually a horrible (laughs) plan it was Mm -hmm. like it, it doesn't even make any sense I guess like because the movie's like oh it worked out And Benicio Del Toro wound up costing, like, I don't know, how long does it take to blow up 30 ships at the rate they were going? Oh, like, like four days? Yeah, like, it's just endless. Like, that whole thing, I was getting so mad at how bad this movie, like, its plot was. It's like, what, like, why did you, is this the best you could come up with? It's just like, here's here's some more footage of them with their Mm -hmm. shields up getting shot at for an hour and that's it. It's inert, and then we get Casino Planet bullshit with like CGI yeah. chase scenes. That like God, you compare it to like the the land speeder stuff, the speeder stuff in like Return of the Jedi, which is like the mm-hmm. worst the worst Star Wars movie. And it's like no, that movie's so good. That movie's so yeah, well that movie made. Rules. That movie's so well made. And it's like yeah, like after you get past the original trilogy, like who gives a shit about any of this these Star Wars movies? Like they're all mm-hmm. they're all bad to varying degrees. Um, yeah. So, yay, more more Star Wars for the rest of our lives. Actually, uh, I was thinking about it while watching the movie. I was like, remember, like, it, this is kind of like watching Star Wars. It's like, oh, it's like in later mm-hmm. day Simpsons episodes where, like, oh, Barney's no longer a drunk. He, like, got a job and he's normal again. It's like, yeah, this is what Star Wars was like in Simpsons. When did
1: that happen
0: in exactly. Simpsons? Exactly. It happened. And we're like, well, Maud's dead now." And in continuity, it's like, "Why? Why?" Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Barney's no longer an alcoholic. He's just a guy who, who just like went on. He's like all the things. Like, why do we change it? Well, because we have to keep the story going. And you're just like, this is what Star Wars feels like to me now. It just feels perfunctory. Geez. Like it's just well, we have to keep making it. So this is the progression. Isn't progression good? And it's like always gets like, "Well, no. This is just like content filling. It, there's yeah. no passion behind it other than hey, let's make some more money, you guys." Eh? Yeah. yeah, there was so, there was more I was gonna say too well, when you were what you were about, just talking. So the thing that I think a lot of people got like all angry about too with uh, so like uh, my read of this movie is like from like a what is this movie about? It's mm-hmm. so like Ray is like Disney coming to George Lucas. On his island, oh, his big, yeah. big bearded, bitter old man who doesn't want anything to do with Star Wars anymore, completely mm-hmm. talking about what are you going to use your laser swords. It's like, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> and like mm-hmm. th- that's what this movie's about. It's about like, oh, we got to get George Lucas on board. So it's like this is about the negotiations of Disney getting uh, Lucas Films uh, yep. like a decade ago, and it's like, yeah, it's going to be great. And guess what? D- you don't need George Lucas to make Star Wars because now you got Disney. 'Cause now mm-hmm. Disney's Disney's the Jedi. And then like you're you're all Jedi's now. And that all the future mm-hmm. directors are like the little kid at the end with his little mop with his little broom. And now he that's Ryan Johnson. And that they're, they're gonna take the thing. It's like, yeah, the legend of George Lucas lives on forever. That's mm-hmm. like it's like, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. I uh, I think you might be right, but you just reminded me <laughs> of more stuff that I, I really like I, I hate it in Force Awakens and I hate in this too. Whereas like, the distance of time between the last movies doesn't make any sense for how things are set up. It's like, how did the First Order take power like this? How was there a rebellion again? Like Didn't they take over? How did everyone forget about the Force? That That's more of a problem with like so the prequels where it's like, they were yeah. gone for like 30 years and everyone's just like, oh, Jedis are just a myth. Uh, one other thing I hated is the way that these rebel people work. Where, uh, like, at the end of this one, Finn and Rose are now, like, part of the command center, basically. Where it's just, like, that that lady was, like, a janitor. And now she's just, like, she was in, like, different clothes. Like, giving input onto, like, the way things work. I know they took a major hit. But I feel like there was more suitable people to be promoted with... Than her, you know what we
0: didn't need in Star Wars either, though, is like what? the introduction of like war profiteering as like idea. Oh, an God. idea. It's like okay, leave that to your like novels. Your like your Star Wars novels. Yeah. we don't need that in the broad strokes movie where it's like it's about good versus evil. Like that's that's kind of where well, things are, and we don't need to go into that. Like we don't. need to blow like, in blowing our minds and like, hey, did you know that like the people that you're criticizing they not only supply the Imperial or the, the First Order, they also supply you, the rebels. It's just, yeah. It's like, whoa. It's like, okay. And it doesn't go anywhere. It's just like, it's, why are you even bringing yeah. this shit up? It's like, it's fucking stupid. Like, your movie's too stupid. You're too stupid to like, fucking do this movie properly. Yeah. Is it because it's like, ugh, they think, oh, maybe some people like, really start thinking about it. It's like, well, they're not going to, they don't see the movies that are about war profiteering. So we're going to put it into our, mm-hmm. our fucking Star Wars movie. It's like,
1: Fuck off. You know what? You know what that <laughs> so reminded <dumb>. me of? <laughs> what? Hey, I've seen Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. We got the message pretty clear in that fucking movie, like twenty years ago. Yeah, and uh, we'll, well, we'll do it again here because this is
0: all we get now, forever and ever. Is this like these like mm-hmm. half baked things? Like, hey, this is a bad thing in the world. Let's put it into Star Wars. It's like, why don't you actually do these
1: things? Like, make people should just watch documentaries about it. Like, not, yeah, people are too. That's that's more people's problem. People don't want to be told what's wrong with the world, Jarrett. They just want to see porgs, man. Porgs, because porgs are wicked. I want to see. I, I want to see. Like I want to see
0: well-done action sequences. Mm,
1: have you ever seen Maverick starring Mel
0: Gibson? <laughs> I have. Um, so the, okay, one bit I kind of liked. I was starting to feel the vibe. Was like during the yeah. the final battle on the the, the salt planet. Uh yeah. It felt very uh, like Super Nintendo uh, Empire oh, yeah, Strikes Back yeah. when you're like when they're like it's like the big th- run toward the um the cannon, and i was yeah. like oh this is just like in a super star wars where you're, like you're having to like find where the uh, sand crawler is and like you're dodging yeah, yeah. like womp rats jumping at you and stuff like that and like it felt very like that i'm like oh it's kind of like nice in the sense that it makes me just feel like i'm playing a video game which is like my biggest complaint with uh, the plotting of these movies action sequences which is like yeah. it always feels like you're you're in a video game in a video
1: game yeah um, yeah I uh, I, kind of, I kind of agree with you like I was saying I don't think that those ending things need to be in there it, the problem is that they're too long but uh, I did like the Porgs and uh, <laughs> I thought Adam Driver <laughs> I'm gonna bring it up as much as I can I thought Adam Driver had like a couple cool moments and uh, like yeah. I said I actually liked the Crimson Guards because they were they just they did something because you always see them and not even in the movies like like what you were talking about like Super Star Wars games and shit like that mm. I always saw Crimson Guards, but they never fucking did anything. Yeah. And I was always like, why are they so like, why are they so cool in their right. fucking dead ringers, David Cronenberg uh, robes? Mm-hmm. But uh, so like there's stuff like that that I thought was kind of cool, but I don't know. <sighs> good parts. Mm. Like, I don't mean like I don't mean a handful. <laughs> I mean, like four good parts. Yeah that I enjoyed, the milking scene, that'll stick with me for a long <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, that, that, that just was like, that made me laugh. But yeah, there was a couple moments that you knew that
0: I I turned my head towards you during like the the the, the prequeliness of some of those things where I was like, oh. Yeah. Like the, the, one day when Red Letter Media does their uh, Mr. Plinkett of it, people will all be mm. like, yeah, that movie was never very good. But right now we can all ride that wave or at least many other people that aren't me, that'll be like, mm. yeah, that movie was is great right now, but it will fall. Mark my
1: words. Mm, Well, yep. Star Wars. Movies. I I mean, I think there's more for us. There's more I could say, but at this point, who's even listening? That's right. Uh, I have one bit of news I want to
0: share. uh, Oh God. (laughs) Thematically, uh, actor Alfie Curtis died Mm. at the age of 87. He played Dr. Evazan in Star Wars: A New Hope. You might remember Doctor Evazan as being the sidekick to one Ponda Baba, uh, who also had mm-hmm. a cameo in Rogue One, as well as uh, whatever his name is, Nim Luno, the co-pilot of Lando Calrissian. chin guy. Yeah, the fish guy.
1: Oh well, no! Yeah, okay. Yeah,
0: in uh, yeah, he's because you he gotta yeah. have gotta have those cameos, and,
1: and the offhand death mm-hmm. of Admiral Ackbar. He's just dead now. Yeah, and you know what? In Force Awakens, I'm pretty sure he was. Promoted to General Akbar. So that's a continuity error right there, you, you fuckers. Well, Admiral's higher than a general. Well, they call him I general think. in that one. I'm pretty, not. I'm pretty confident. Yeah. But yeah, they just totally glossed over that. It's like, that's a fan favorite character, you fuckers. Yeah,
0: maybe I'm confusing that with my uh, Star Trek uh, administration levels. Mm. Whatever. Okay, enough movie talk. We have mm. uh, reviews to do. Do we? Is this a real episode? Yeah, it is. So, uh, after the break, we are going to uh, be talking about some blobs.
3: Where of the blob it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor, right through the door, and all around the wall, a splotch, a blotch, be careful of the blob. Now, Helen, what happened? It's over at his place. you got to come now. Oh, wait a minute, Steve. Tell us what happened. Well, I'm trying to tell you. Now, this thing had killed the doc. But what was it? Stop with it, kid. Well, it's kind of like a... It's kind of like a mass that keeps getting bigger and bigger. It... Every one of you watching this screen, look out. Because soon, very soon, the most horrifying monster menace ever conceived will be oozing into this theater. Teenagers see it first, like a falling star from outer space. Boy, that was close. Hey, come on, I want to see if I can find it. An old man finds it, touches it, and this is the shocking result. From then on, there's no stopping the blob as it spreads from town to town. It's indestructible. It's indescribable. Nothing can stop it. This town is in danger. How can it be stopped? Mob hysteria sweeps one city. Before long, the nation, and then the world could fall before the blood-curdling threat of the mob. Starring Steve McQueen and a cast of exciting
0: young people. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about The Blob from 1958, directed by Irvin S. Yeworth Jr. And the tagline for this movie, It crawls, it creeps, it eats you alive. And the synopsis from Letterboxd, A drive-in favorite. This sci-fi classic follows teenagers, Steve and his best girl, Jane, as they try to protect their hometown from a gelatinous alien life form that engulfs everything it touches. The first to discover the substance and live to tell about it, Steve and Jane witness the blob destroying an elderly man and grow to a terrifying size. But no one else has seen the goo, and policeman (laughs) Dave refuses to believe the kids without proof. The goo. The goo. <laughs> uh, I always think of uh, uh, Rob Reiner in South Park uh, talking about his precious goo. Uh, My goo? Yeah. I don't watch South Park, so you'd have to explain that to me. Oh, uh, You you should watch that episode one day. If you really want to watch the anti-smoking episode, it's good. Uh, anyways, right. so The Blob. Uh Blob I watched not that long ago. Uh, for the first time. It always mm-hmm. just had been on my radar. It was part of the Criterion. I had not planned on never doing a podcast about watching the Criterion collection, so I watched it like a regular Chunk. human being would do. Mm-hmm. Um And I was like, it was always kind of lower on my radar because I kind of expected, it's like, oh, it's going to be a 50 sci-fi movie. I usually mm-hmm. watch these types of movies and I'm always like, yeah, it's like, A 50s sci-fi movie They're not like Super awesome You might have some Nice moments or effects But for the Mm -hmm. most part They're always set In a small town Uh, A bunch of people find it There's scientists involved And there's lots of Pseudoscience involved Uh, People get devoured Off camera uh, Ungraphically And and funs to be had They're like Matinee movies Uh, So Mm -hmm. When I watched it Yeah again A few years ago I thought this movie Was like okay Um, It was, like, inoffensive. It didn't do anything wrong or anything like that. It wasn't super, like, interesting Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Uh, But I thought it was okay. So watching it again here, um, I pretty well feel the exact same way. Um, I'd even say that I might not even like it as much as I did. Because maybe when I watched it, I, like, over-liked it. As I think some people might do, because well, it's a Criterion movie, so it's going to be a little bit more worthwhile. But that's not the that's that, <laughs> but that's not the purpose anymore of this podcast. It's not to mm-hmm. like over like things. It's be like, is this movie actually good or not? And I think like mm-hmm. we're, we're getting over that uh, hump of like initially maybe we like movies a little bit more because well, it's Criterion. So but this is like now we're like now nah, <laughs> let's talk about this thing. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, uh, I think the Blob is it belongs in the Criterion collection mm-hmm. as far as like being a movie that um, is an example of this period of time. Uh, it's unusual, I guess, because it's color, whereas like a lot mm-hmm. of these movies uh, pr- like kind of through the 50s, through the early 50s to now in 58 uh, were black and white. Uh, so this was shot in color and it's actually got a, it's production history is a lot more interesting than maybe even the movie is. Uh, have you, did you read anything about this movie's like background nope. okay educate me son okay so uh it, initially this movie was called the molten meteor eh. uh the director so here's uh the some notes here from one of the essays that accompany this movie uh, the mm-hmm. director, uh, work Jr., was a minister in a small town of Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, where the film was shot. were built his special effects in the room of the church building where, presumably, God oversaw the disappearance of Matt Lines. Uh, at many points in the finished mm-hmm. film, the blob is uh, blatantly oozing on top of photographs of the previous scene. Um, <coughs> where, is, where is he here? So, yeah. Essentially, Jack Harris wanted to make a movie. And he wanted to, like, make... Mm-hmm. And he saw, hey, science fiction movies make movies. They played Matt in, in like drive throughs and stuff like that Kids like this sort of stuff But uh-huh. like These sort of movies Were like on the wane Like uh, Hollywood wasn't really Making this stuff anymore uh, Like It was trickling in and out But it was harder and harder Just like to, Hey I got an idea For a Martian picture And people were like Here's some money Now it's like Well If you wanted to make Something like this uh, You'd have to like Dig down So this movie Was like Essentially made by uh, Religious people Trying to make A commercial success Like And just okay. Just to do it um, So that's like a real broad strokes look at the history of the blob being this sort of like the first kind of like an early example of like regional filmmaking, which mm-hmm. would like blossom into like something like Carnival of Souls that we've watched or something like uh, Dawn or Night of the Living Dead uh, or something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is these, these movies that aren't being made in California, just being mm-hmm. made wherever in America with cameras and enough people getting together to just make a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess another thing that jumps out immediately at this movie is like the wacky opening credits music Uh, oh yeah that song the theme song uh, for the the blob the Burt Baccarat song yeah Uh, that's awesome which I always like forget is like in this movie, I always think it's like, oh, it came out afterwards. It's sort of like this, like, funky little song that people, like, wrote. Because, oh, remember that Blob movie? Let's do a song. It's mm-hmm. like, nope, that that song was made for this movie. And uh, to open it up. Even though, like, it's, like, the goofiest part of the movie. Because, like, the rest of the movie is yeah. done pretty straight-faced. So, like, I can see someone walking into this and thinking, like, this is going to be light and breezy, right? It's like, no, it's, like, pretty, like, much, uh, like, straight-up uh, sci-fi monster movie Mm -hmm. uh it's not like campy or anything like that um not not intentionally campy in any case yeah uh and here we have uh one steven mcqueen uh playing a guy
1: named steve (laughs) do you think now correct me if i'm wrong i heard that that steve mcqueen was kind of a prick and do you think that he just didn't want to go by any other name he was just like, I don't care about this movie. Fucking call me Steve. He did not care about this movie. He took his $3,000
0: yeah. paycheck in cash. Uh uh-huh. He could have he could have uh, accepted uh, royalties on this instead, which probably would have been a better idea. Um, probably. Yeah, in hindsight, because this movie did uh, turn quite the profit and became a popular movie over time. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. Steve McQueen was not really proud of this movie probably for a very long time, like, most yeah. actors aren't with their early stuff when it's like horror genre stuff because they want to become real actors. Mm. In my mind, too, I always have this like thing of Steve McQueen, right? I think of him and I think of Paul Newman. Uh, like, Steve McQueen yeah. is definitely one of my least favorite of like the old dude actors. Like, when you have like him or Clint Eastwood or like or Paul mm-hmm. Newman, I'm always like, meh, Steve McQueen's like nothing special. He's kind of a. He has, like, a chunk. bit of a, he's, yeah, I think we talked about this way back when we talked about Magnificent Seven in our Seven Samurai episode. Uh, yeah. I was kind of like, he's just a guy. Like, he doesn't, like, bring mm-hmm. anything special uh, forward. Like, he's just, oh, he has, like, a look to him, but character-wise, he's never, like, super memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, yeah, The Blob, I guess, like, just, I'll let you, I'll you hand it off to you, Uh. but this movie's, Hey, like, did you say whether you liked it or not? Wow. Well, that's, no, I kind of said that, like, I liked it, I think, less than the last time I watched it. Okay. okay. I don't I don't hate this movie or dislo- even dislike it. I just kind of am indifferent to it. Sure. Um, it's just hey. like,
1: I don't know. It's a movie. What do you I'll think, RJ? It. Well, as you said, you watch this for the first time, and you're like, yeah, it's a Criterion movie. It's a uh, sci-fi horror movie. That's pretty cool. I don't know if you know this, Jared. I don't what? know if I've ever brought it up on the show before, mm. but uh, I like Aliens. Yes. And I like Alien movies. And the 50s and the 60s uh, were rife with alien movies, some would say. invasions and whatnot. Invasions, probing, uh, abductions, all that good stuff. Uh, So I have seen Blob-esque things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have seen the remake of the Blob, which we'll get to. I have seen the Blob parodied many times. Yes. Much like in X-Men Origins Wolverine, uh, that classic Blob scene. I think uh, my
0: first introduction to the blob might have been uh, Muppet babies.
1: yeah, 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 see. so it's it's everywhere, man. It's a cultural phenom, yeah. so I know what the blob is, uh, but I've never seen this old one. and uh, I threw this on, uh, which was yesterday, but what felt like a Sunday afternoon for mm-hmm. me. yeah uh, and Sunday afternoons, Jarrett, I believe, I've cracked the code. Sunday afternoons are the best time to watch fifty sci-fi movies yes Uh, everything everything's right the the lighting is right uh the feel is right you're tired you feel old uh i liked the blob man uh it didn't change my life but i actually had fun watching it i thought it was pretty cool Cool. um i I think i'm kind of like you where if i watch this again sometime i might not like it as much but first watch man i liked the blob i thought it was wicked uh i think the blob is cool i think for whenever this movie came out they did a good enough job on the special effects it's uh just like this corn stretched out taffy stuff moving around mm-hmm. which i thought was nice um i kind of like the i'm a fan of that 50s atmosphere that 50s vibe uh because that's I'm, I'm with stevie king that's the era i want to live in so i think um I think I'm a little biased when it comes to this, to things like this, because I love the fifties. I love aliens and I like these sci-fi horror things. So this is exactly the kind of movie that I like. And I did. Um, I think the effects are pretty cool. I think the story is uh, for the most part, like I really like the idea of just this like thing crashing and it's like has no shape or anything, but it just consumes much like the star Wars fan base. It's just consuming consuming all the time jared yeah uh what was i gonna say um yeah i never like there was never really any time that i doubted what was going on in the show because like the cops like i feel like they're pretty reasonable the one guy's like well, let's see if it's true and the other guy's like Nah, these kids are just fucking with you and i was like yeah i buy yeah. that and then the other kids are like come on let's go to the spook show and i was like that's fun that they call <laughs> and it the spook I, I i do
0: believe he had yeah, the midnight spook bit. Uh, and then he talks about unprotected ladies, and at which point mm-hmm. he he like makes this like weird like kind of like uh kind of rub of the arm of the uh, uh, Jane, mm-hmm. J- Janie
1: girl, which she does yeah. not
0: like to be called.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I I like that time era. It's funny to watch stuff like that from now. Um, the only real problem I have with this movie, Jared, yeah. is I don't know how old these kids are supposed to be but i'm pretty sure steve mcqueen is like 84 in this fucking movie 27 and he's playing what like a 15 year old uh I, th- I feel like he's like older than the other kids yeah um i uh i thought they were as old as the cops and the parents that they were talking to this whole movie and uh it was really off-putting even the bullies that bullies got like real thick five o'clock uh stubble Um, And that's the other the only other thing I didn't like because they were like real mean to him at first. But then they have a change of heart really quickly where they're like, all right, let's go hang out. And I was like, well, I can believe that. But then later on when he's like, there's this blob and the other bullies are like, you nerd. But then like the main bully is like, let's hear him out. Don't be a weirdo. Mm -hmm. He's like, we got to believe this kid. But maybe that's just thoughts of a better time. Uh, I liked that uh, Curly from City Slickers had an appearance in here as the uh, man who first gets eaten by the blob. Um, I think that dog, uh, I wrote down OMG that dog because when it's like there's a dog in there and they open the door and the littlest, littlest, most quiet, slow Mm -hmm. dog comes out. Little pupper. And I was just like, oh, my God, I can't handle that. Oh, man, that was uh, that was some like RJ like this whole movie is
0: like RJ manipulation, too, because there's yeah. like so many like moments. You're like, oh, fuck the
1: dog. stopped barking. He's dead. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, no, I just saw him running down the street. <laughs> yeah. And then he's there. Uh, and I thought so. I, I thought they did a good job with that um i don't know if it's protocol for cops to smell uh the barrels of rifles just dead on he's like this has been fired and the cops like holding it up to his eye he's like i don't know so that guy's a bad cop but uh i also i thought the ending was really cool i thought it was gonna go the dark way which uh i guess you you're led to think at first Mm. like where where it just consumes all the people and you're just like oh shit and uh, the dog's in the house, too, and that little kid's in the house. And you're like, God damn, this movie's dark. Um, so I thought that was good. But no, man, I like The Blob. Uh, it's like I said, I think I'm biased because this is a, a perfect, uh, perfect mix for me. 50s era, sci-fi, aliens. So it's not great. No. But I, I'll probably watch this again. This will be a classic grandpa movie for me where – uh, embarrass the grandkids. is like, you guys want to watch The Blob? <laughs> or maybe The 80s Blob will take that shining uh, yeah. achievement. Um,
0: yeah, that's the thing. So, like, in reality, it's like, okay, you'd watch The Blob, but you probably only watch that movie once. Because there's so, yep. like, if you want to get, like, a taste of, like, 50s sci-fi, there's so many other, like, there's so many movies you could watch that it's like, why watch The Blob again when there's, like, you could watch I Married a... Uh... A uh, alien from outer space or something like that, or make uh, me a list. I'll uh, watch them. There's a bunch. Like, well, the one I watched uh, this October, uh, the Monolith Monsters. I think that movie is actually better than this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it looks cooler. The monsters. It's like way more kind of like. It's a very similar idea of people getting absorbed, okay. but it's like, it's, but it's not like gooey. It's just like oh, this like unrelenting sort of mineral thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's like there's a bunch of different 50s things that you could probably watch if you're, like, in the mood for this. And again, perfect, like, Saturday, Sunday matinee fair, like, where you're just like, yep, right. this is inoffensive and easy watching, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's not, like, super memorable, though, either. Like, most of the mm-hmm. stuff I remember about this it's like, watching it again, I'm like, yeah, this one was in color. Uh, there's yeah. lots, everyone's got their their shirts tucked in and their pants mm-hmm. are at the proper height. Unlike nowadays, mm-hmm. everyone's, like, uh, like, all the, the ladies are, like, just, like, Look like they're out of like magazines, <laughs> like like out of like a mag- like a clothing magazine. You're like, yep, everyone looks exactly exactly proper to be photographed and not mm-hmm. like I don't know scruffy in any way. <laughs> Nothing's out of place. Um, yeah, but I'm trying to think. Let's see, what can I talk about this movie? Old man in the woods pushing that mm-hmm. stick into the goo. That I think that bit mm-hmm. is like really interesting. Like because there's it's just a shot of like a stick pushing into goo. Because I think like when you see something like that, you kind of want to like. Put your finger into it, for some reason you're for just some like reason. yeah you're just like Jello and you're just like oh I want to ruin that or like cut into it and just see what happens yeah. and you're like oh you get that thing and then him like with his stick with the goo running down uh, it's like kind of like a physics thing I guess like where you just see like the tension of stuff rolling down you're like oh because you don't want you don't want stuff to touch your hand either though mm-hmm. like you're like oh but then when it jumps into your hand you're like oh crap I got like goop on me and, but then it stays <laughs> and then it eats
1: you mm-hmm. that's cool. Well, it's goopy, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, you ever seen that goop? That goop? That goop? No, I, I know what you mean. Like, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I think I'm I'm a little bit biased for this one because it's the kind of movie and the kind of thing I like watching. Uh, I know it's not great, but you yeah. know, I had a fun time watching it. I, I would watch the Blob again. Yeah. Not this year, but another another year. <laughs> when you're in your grandpa years. When I'm a grandpa and I'm gonna embarrass my my cat siblings and mm-hmm. so, you know. so RJ, do do you keep driving when
0: an old man with weird blob on his hand comes running out of the woods? You hit the gas. That's what my <laughs> old man grandpa taught me. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, so the, the colors in this movie, cause like talk about like this movie is shot in color, but it is a very yeah. like peculiar color palette. Like this movie mm-hmm. like only deals with like a handful of colors or it's like blue, red, and like, kind of like this sort of in between stuff. But, mm-hmm. uh, there's like the one bit that is like super weird looking in this, and it's the, uh, the driving backwards race. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Where, like The streets are completely black cause it's being shot on a studio mm-hmm. and, uh, the, it's, it's just blackness. And then, um, uh, it just looks off in like a weird kind of way. it's particular, I think, to this
1: movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I got my note here about this midnight spook bit and unprotected ladies <laughs> mm-hmm. um and then yes, there's the dumb nurse dumb doctor because <laughs> they're they're just like really yeah. they're really frustrating, and uh it's like yeah they they could die, and I'd be fine with that, yeah, uh, that's how
1: it goes, man. And
0: there's, I don't even remember this. It's like, I only watched this movie yesterday. I hate Mrs. Porter so much. Okay. So she's like the, oh, the yeah. she's like the doctor's like neighbor or like secretary. She's so horrible. Cause she has like, every time the kids are like, this happened, she has an answer for it and it yeah. like, explains away everything. You're like, wow, this is just like the most dramatically killing thing you could have is this sort of. Person, which is just like to set everything back to ground zero instead of like keeping mm-hmm. the the story going. And I was like, oh, I, I hate everything about this character and this type of person in real life, where it's like, well, yeah. this is the reason for it. No, then it's, it's like, oh, shut up.
1: You you know who you know what that reminds me of? Neil DeGrasse Tyson. Yeah, yeah. He he seems like that kind of fucking asshole. He's I remember when uh, Force Awakens came out and he was like, well, you know, they couldn't do this stuff, right? It's like no one thought they could. It's like this is a fucking made-up movie. Like why do you – don't be an asshole. (laughs) So he he strikes me as that type where he's always like trying to like stick it to people. It's like, well, this is how it really works. It's like, yeah, I don't care. Loser. Nerd.
0: Nerd. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So what what did you think of uh, Steve McQueen's
1: performance in this movie? Felt like he didn't give a shit.
0: Yeah, he's pretty stiff in this and doesn't really do a whole heck of a lot. But I don't know. Janie girl, she's like, does does nothing either. Most, yeah. most of them just do nothing. The, te- the other teenagers, they're like rambunctious and whatever. They're teenagers in a sci-fi movie that, about yeah. invasion, invading a small town. So that's fine
1: yeah well i don't know like the other actors i like the good cop i felt like he was trying but no i just it seemed like steve mcqueen just didn't care he was like i don't fucking want to be here so i'm just gonna yeah. i'm gonna look like i'm thinking yeah but just kind of uh, like whisper, like just kind of like uh, uh-huh. Uh, so yeah,
0: there's like, there's the, what kind of like kills this movie for me a little bit though, is there is a whole lot of spinning wheels and hand wringing from like, basically when they get to the, Uh, the, from when they get to the PlayStation onto when, uh, everyone sneaks out of their family houses, there's Mm -hmm. like nothing that goes on. Like, there's like, it's like, where's the blob? Why don't we see the blob? Why isn't the blob Mm -hmm. killing people? Why isn't he like, like, why isn't the blob doing stuff? And it's just like lots of like talking, Oh, I don't know if I believe those kids. I don't know. It's like, okay. Yeah. We don't care anymore. We. We know there's a blob. Show us blob mm-hmm. stuff. It's like, I guess that's a limit, though, of like a small budget. Uh, Probably, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, yes, here's my note. I feel like this movie was made to fuck with RJ with the ongoing <laughs> little dog story. <laughs> or it's like oh, that the, the, the dog is in just like constant peril.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought the whole time. I actually, but I'm glad that he made it out. And he was the cutest little dog, Jared. Yeah. yeah. The cutest uh, little dog.
0: Yeah, uh, all those smiling faces of the people running in terror from the theater. <laughs> like, oh yeah, <laughs> the, the, like it's just like because clearly, like, okay, everyone just go run out of the theater screaming, and then yeah. like they're just like having like the funnest time fleeing in they're, terror, like just big smiles. Yeah. It's like wow, like there's a lot of people smiling, like no one got the note okay, when you run out, like, look scared. Scared.
1: Like, they just said, run out screaming, and everyone's like,
2: ah, this is fun.
1: Yeah. I actually, I noticed that, too, because there's one moment where you really notice when the cop's, like, almost at the doors, and this big guy walks by, and the yeah. big guy just has the biggest fucking grin on his yeah. face. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm in a
0: movie. But yeah, there's a lot of people it's, smiling in that. Like, he's just like, oh, okay, that's mm-hmm. cool. Uh, Yeah. One thing, I guess, like, one of the things I enjoyed about this is, like, people throwing things at the blob. (laughs) And, like, they're like, oh, God, this isn't working. Throw this, like, axe at it. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, okay, yeah, the axe is going to really hurt the blob. And people shooting the blob, (laughs) it's just like, okay, that's not going to work either. Come on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I find that always funny because even in, like, we'll get there, but even in the remake, they, like, know this thing, like, you can't fucking hurt. And then the guy's like, let's give them a piece of our mind. And they all shoot it. It's like, that's not going to work, dude. You know that. (laughs) Yeah. Come on. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So then, yeah,
0: also, I think like the, the climax of this movie really falls flat. Like when they're all trapped in the diner and they're just Uh, like, yeah, it just goes on and on and on. And it's like, where's the blob? Why don't we see the blob? What, (laughs) what, where is the blob? And then it's like, Uh here's like a, matte painting thing of a blob and it's like
1: oh yeah Jared so. the blob is all around you no. it's a metaphor we're the real blobs <laughs> no one says that at the end all they say is now that it's frozen
0: they're going to take it to the Arctic as long as the Arctic stays cold <gasps> foreshadowing. What's fun is, uh, I think like all three, uh, essays that I've read on the blob from the Criterion website, they all make a comment about like, look, isn't that ironic that like in 19, when there was like 1989, when the first essay was written to 1998 to like Mm -hmm. a few years ago with the Kim Newman ones, like, Oh, the Arctic's going to (laughs) melt. And it's like, Oh yeah, we've all known that for like 30 years now. And here we are. And no one seems to care at the end of the day. (laughs) We're all going to die.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, but maybe some people say we had it coming. Yeah. It's true.
0: Mhm. Uh hey, did you know that uh producer Jack H. Harris uh of The Blob, he also produced John Carpenter's Dark Star, getting John Carpenter's career running? Mhm. Um I didn't know that. Now, and now Is Dark Star good? Uh, it's interesting but not good, I would say. I don't think it's good, mm. but it's it's pretty, like, it's it definitely feels like a bunch of, like, university dudes who are like, let's make a movie. Yeah. And it's like a sci-fi, but who cares? And we're just going to hang out in, our, like, the set that we created ourselves, and it's a movie. Mm-hmm. That's the type of thing it is. I don't know if you would like it at all, but. I don't sometimes... like, anything you recommend. So, well, this is not a recommendation. This is just, hey, you could watch this movie if you want. You you know what is not a recommendation, though. What's that? Beware the Blob from 1972. The sequel to the Blob, a spiritual sequel, uh, because it picks up with it starts off like as a black exploitation comedy. With uh, (laughs) yeah, um, really? Yes, really. Um, So this movie is directed by Larry Hagman, who is like most famous as being Jr. on the TV show Dallas. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So he directed this movie, A One and Done. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the guy, who's like, oh God, it's not Dynamite. It's like it's, 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 he's like some like comedian, like black comedian from like the 70s on some TV show. Dynamite. He, oh is God. it Dynamite? No, but I'm gonna see if I can f- figure out who it is because it's just like whatever. This movie is mm-hmm. garbage. It sucks. It's free on YouTube if you really wanted to like check it out. Um, I think it's Robert Walker. No, I don't want to check it out. No. This is, like, bad. Like, it's like it's like a comedy. Um, yeah. It's kind of like that, it's like a, something that, like, was, like, a 70s thing where, like, they're trying to be, like, culturally irreverent. Where they're like, mm-hmm. hey, this movie's got hippies in it, and they're dropping out. What are they going to do when they meet a blob? And there's references to, like, eating and, like, oh, fuck I don't even want to talk about this movie too much. It sucks, and I I see like most people all watch it and they go, "This is terrible." And I was like, "Well, it's probably not that bad." I'm like, "Oh no!" Like I watch a lot of shitty '70s things, and like Mm -hmm. there's like some merit to it. This is just like the worst type of '70s filmmaking. (laughs) Like if you want to watch like the type of movie that I hate, watch Mm -hmm. Beware the Blob. That would be kind of like the the only thing I could tell you about this thing because I just zoned out at one point. Uh, and it kept going because scenes just keep going. Now, the one thing, this movie starts off with footage of this kitten, this cute little kitten no. in, in, in the grass. And it's just like footage of this kitten. And uh, in, the, uh, in the notes or the uh, in the credit roll, it mentions that like the animal sequences were all shot by Dean Kundi, who is the cinematographer for John Carpenter from like Halloween mm. on, And uh, so he just shot all this footage of this little cute kitten. He's like, Rolling around in the grass with this like fucking horrible music. It's like this bad, bad synth music by this guy. Yeah. Named, it's by Mort Garmin. Uh, it is a bizarre movie that like nobody yeah. watches or talks about for a very specific reason. Uh, originally, it was also, I think it was going to be called Son of Blob or Son of the Blob which kind of tells you what type of movie this is. Because what happens is it starts off as this exploitation thing where it's like this guy just got back from the Arctic and he's got this container with blob in it and he's keeping Mm -hmm. it in his freezer because he's dumb. And then they like set it out and it starts thawing and it, it eats a fly and then it eats the kitten Um, uh very like off camera and like it's just like oh the cat's gone still whatever it's like but it's like oh funny huh i got the kitten and then it's just like a bunch of bullshit for like an hour and a half that like Mm -hmm. no one no one could possibly care about this thing
1: terrible yeah i was gonna watch it but i actually saw in the tagline it's like no one is safe kids, kittens (laughs) and then like something else and I was like I'm not watching that fucking movie then. Oh yeah no it's it blows (laughs) yeah it sounds like it blows man yeah. Hey you know what doesn't blow (gasps) one of the best fucking movies ever made Uh, 1988's The Blob directed by Chuck Russell. (laughs) Ooh baby. Uh, That's a good movie yeah. (laughs) You tell me about it. You you were the one who brought this to my attention uh, a long time ago. Yeah so uh, I remember, so my first experience with
0: this 1988 blob was, was as a kid, mm-hmm. as like, I don't know, five years old or something like that, and I saw the movie poster for this, mm-hmm. maybe it was like this the VHS case, but this movie scared the fucking shit out of me, because it's just yeah. like, the cover is just this man completely encased in fucking red ooze and he's screaming silently and I remember being like that's like the scariest thing I've ever seen I never want to watch this movie because I don't want to die like I'm afraid that like I don't know it's Mm -hmm. like it goes into like the Larry Cohen's movie The Stuff which is also a movie about goo that like kills people Um, not as good though uh, it's it's not as oh yeah no the stuff isn't as good as The Blob but Stuff is interesting and kind of a neat movie but yeah it's no blob uh, for a couple reasons but, uh, yeah, so this is a movie, like, I always just, like, uh, this movie kind of freaks me out. Because I mm-hmm. just, like, you can just look at something and imagine ooze coming out of it. And, like, mm-hmm. and it always happens is people don't see the ooze. And it's, like, they're doing something normally. And then in the background, right behind them, there's ooze dripping down. And you're, like, oh, my God, get out of the room. So that freaks me out, this idea that you never see it coming to, to absorb you into itself, which is, like, I don't know. It's creepy. Uh, so when I finally did watch the blob, it was kind of like when I was, uh, I'd watched the thing and I watched the fly and I was like, man, Mm -hmm. these like eighties remakes of horror movies are so goddamn good where they're better than the original. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, you know, I should watch that blob. And so like a few Christmases ago, it would have been, uh, uh, Lawrence was house sitting, uh, Corey's house.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, we were over there, and I think Corey had this on his PVR. And I was like, hey, we should watch that blob. I've heard it's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. And we watched it. And, yeah, this movie is a little bit more than neat. It's like, like, the story is whatever. It's dumb 80s horror stuff. Like, it's nothing special. Uh, it's it's mm-hmm. a retelling of the blob straight up. Um, but... The special effects are, like, some of the best special effects you could imagine for yep. a blob movie. Um, mm-hmm. So the blob is different. It's not just a gelatinous goo. It mm-hmm. is, like, a tendrill-y kind of organy lumpy mash thing. Uh, yeah. It's very – it's a far more biological uh, than just, like, a noose is. Mm-hmm. Um, but – yeah, I I'm a big champion of this movie. Uh, just from like a like special effects standpoint. Like if you want to mm-hmm. watch like great gore, um, watch this movie. And one of the other things too is like so I kind of made a comment like I don't think much honestly of the story of it. Like cuz it's just mm-hmm. like it's taking the tropes of like a 50s sci-fi movie, but it's like yeah. kind of making it contemporary. But mm-hmm. what's really nice about that is because you expect that it's going to be just another, like, oh, it's just like a genre movie. You kind of know exactly where, where all the characters are going to wind up, who are going to be the last mm-hmm. people standing. Oh, no. It completely <laughs> says, fuck that. Because, like, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, the football star guy who's, like, kind of like, he's, like, a sweet guy who's, like, kind of falling for the cheerleader. You think he's going to make it? <laughs> nope. He's, like, the second dude dead. Uh Yeah. And then it just kind of keeps going from there. We get, like, and we get Jack Nance who just like shows up mm-hmm. and you never see him again. So that's rad. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, as I said, I think, you know, I, I think the reason I watched this was cause I watched the stuff one year and you're like, Hey, you should watch the blob. The blob is like the stuff, but, uh, good effects. And I was like, all right, I'll watch the blob. Uh, I believe I watched it on a Thanksgiving a couple years ago. <laughs> Uh, which is the day you watch the blob because you feel like a blob. Yeah. And uh, An- Andy watched this with me and she actually really liked it as well. I think the 80s blob is amazing. I think it's super good. Uh, the effects are crazy unbelievable. Like every way you would... Like I'm going to be repeating some of the stuff you said, but don't matter. Because yeah. this movie deserves praise. Every like way you would want to see someone die from a blob, you do. And it's like the most like like innovative like unique death scenes you'll fucking see in movies and it's this is the reason i love horror movies uh well you you say i don't like horror but this is the reason i like good horror yeah there's so (laughs) it kills uh it kills a person like every 10 minutes there's tons of horror scenes or uh, death scenes, it's always, like, people fucking dissolving and, yeah. like, like trying to get out of the blob. Yeah, various and states you see, of dissolving. You see their, yeah, various states. You see their skin, like, melting away. Guys get sucked through pipes, like, bodies just crumpled. Smashed
0: uh, in a fucking phone booth. That one is yeah, so, like, crazy. Yeah, that one's crazy. awesome. Yeah.
1: That one is awesome. And uh, so the reason – some of the reasons I like this movie, other than just uh, – the effects is kind of like what you were saying. I actually liked this storyline because I like that 50s stuff, even though it's yeah. an 80s one. I, I still liked it. I like seeing oh. – uh, um, Kevin Dillon with his fucking mullet running around. But uh, I mean, what like, I was gonna yeah, well, I was gonna say the the, the Kevin Dillon ball thing is like I kept thinking
0: that there was like another guy that shows up in this movie that like I remember when I first watched this, kind of yeah. like it was like oh this guy's so annoying. This guy's just like mm-hmm. what a dumb character throwback thing. But then like I kept waiting for that character to show up in this, and I was like wait, I guess that's just Kevin Dillon. And like in my yeah. mind, I created another character. And I'm like, no, it's just yeah. him. And he's like nowhere near like as like standout, weird, annoying as when mm-hmm. I watched it the first time. Or I kind of just like, oh, what a dumb character in this. It's
1: like, no, he's cool. He's good. So,
0: yeah. I don't know. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I like Kevin Dillon in this too. But so I like this movie for a lot of reasons. Um, I think the jokes are actually pretty funny. Like uh, with the pharmacy guy in the condoms. Oh yeah. I thought that joke. Like I thought that joke actually had a really good payout. Um, but I think this movie like uh, does a really good job. Like what you were saying. Like it, it subverts like your expectations a little bit. Where yeah. it's like yeah, there's a high school quarterback. He's gonna be the star, and he's dead in like ten minutes. Yeah, horrifically. And you're just like <laughs> horrifically. You're like holy shit. Uh, and then there's the guy who's like the rape guy. And he's like, he's like <sighs> funny, but you're like, wait a minute, is this guy going to rape that girl? But then he gets what he deserves and you're like, oh yeah, see, look, the blob is teaching you, don't rape people. Yeah, that's, that's, so like the, you, that's the hilarious, that's the moral of the story is yeah, you don't, don't rape that girl
0: because she might, it's not because it's the wrong
1: thing to do, but she might be like uh, she might a blob. Be a blob. Yeah. yeah, she might be a blob. Uh, yeah, there's that. And then, um, shit, there was something else I, I wanted to say uh, a it was in that same kind of thought line there Um, I think the ending to this movie is amazing I love that I think it's so fun like that's I know you hate that word but I I do that movie is or the the way this movie ends it's like yeah take that you're like what's gonna happen oh yeah Uh, this movie's got balls man uh, this movie kills a little kid oh, in yeah. a horrific death <laughs> scene yeah, and where you, the little you, kid is there's melting no, and screaming. There is no way anyone saw that coming either. Like No. No, because the first time we watched it, me and Andrea looked at each other and we were just like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, did they just kill that fucking little kid? I was like, well, he was annoying. Yeah. But uh, it's like, yeah, this movie's got balls, man, like just killing little kids and – pretty graphic detail as well, so. Well, so the other thing I guess we haven't mentioned is like, so this movie was co-written by
0: one Frank Darabont. Uh, Ah, yeah, I saw that. So, I mean, so Frank Darabont uh, it, it it really clicked with me watching it this time too. It was like he is a Stephen King <clears throat> fan because this movie actually oh, yeah. feels like super Stephen King. Uh, like mm-hmm. it, it actually at times feels like kind of like The Mist, which Frank Darabont went on to direct. Uh, 20 yeah. years later. Uh, but like it kind of wants to circumvent some of the Stephen Kingness where it's like characters are kind of protected until it's their mm-hmm. time, and he's like, no, I'm gonna kill them off now. Like the sheriff, you think the sheriff's gonna be the last guy around? No. Nah. he's just gonna die off camera, and then you're. Going to see the result mm-hmm. of him as soon as he gets brought up, and it's like kind of like darkly funny, but at the same time it's like, oh fuck, they just killed the <laughs> sheriff, and then now this yeah. poor woman they were going to go on a date, she's fucking dead, brutally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. Uh, there's like, and there, the, the reason why it clicked with me this time is like, so there's the priest character. And yeah. uh, like when he like takes his whole turn, it's very, um reminds me of uh the man with the x-ray eyes, which I don't know if you've seen yet. No, I've never uh, seen that. It's like a Roger Corman movie. It's got like kind of a very similar final beat where uh, okay. the, a character like kind of starts working in a traveling like kind of like carnival show revivalist kind of thing. Cause he can yeah. see beyond time. And it's like all these people are showing up to like see him and he's gone beyond. It's very, it had that kind of uh vibe of like a yeah. Corman movie where it's like the story doesn't really end question mark, which is how, uh, the 58 blob ends. And here in the 88 one, it has that kind of like, was this real, this isn't really the end. You guys, things are going to get even worse, even though it's like, well, we know mm-hmm. they figured out how to stop it. Like, yeah, it's got to freeze. I it. just, I like the, uh, yeah, it's the suggestion spirit yes. Yeah. Oh no, I, I I like it too, but it's like very like yeah. that uh, Frank Darabont, uh, Stephen King anti-religious thing, which, yeah. is, which is always good to throw in there, and like maybe the re- mm-hmm. religion's the real bad guy because prayer is not going to save hero, us. Yeah.
1: Depending on how you want to see how you want to look at it. That's not, right? right. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. yeah So that's awesome.
0: Uh, any uh, any
1: other coolness you wanted to bring up on this blog? Mm, no, I just uh, I think you're right. Like. Uh, this movie deserves a lot of uh, more recognition than it seems to have. Like this I movie's think pretty good. I think it's got a revival going on. One of the problems
0: yeah. is that so the Blu-ray, which I've got, uh, it came out from the shittiest company in the world, Twilight Time. They mm. are the re- they are the inverse of Criterion because their whole uh. so they, they release movies. Uh, yeah. they, they don't really put any work into the restorations themselves. They just kind of lease them out from studios. And mm-hmm. then whatever they get sent, that's what they release. They, they put like almost no money into special features. Uh, and when they release them, they limit them. So you have yeah. to, you can only get them for like, as long as there's like 3000 units, that's it. And you can only get them mm-hmm. exclusively from them. You can't get them from any other outlet. And they're really expensive. They're like yeah. they're like, it's they're always thirty dollars US. They never go. There's no fifty percent off sales. They're just expensive. Um, it sucks. I hate Twilight Time. And they put out the blob and they let it fall out of print. Um, so I'm glad I got my copy. I mean, inevitably, hopefully somebody puts this out again because uh, yeah. this movie's great. Like a Scream Factory, like a company that actually mm, likes horror yeah. movies, or like any like a number like Arrow, anybody, anyone else other than. Uh, twilight time because i think like actually a Ger- one of the german companies that put stuff out they did put this out on blu-ray and i think they actually included uh beware the blob which is garbage but like at mm-hmm. least they put some effort into like putting more things on there because like yeah, yeah the blu-ray of this is like an interview with chuck russell after a screening at Cinna family uh <laughs> which is like now like oh Cinna family which is now closed because mm-hmm. a couple of the people running it were perverts uh, so that's good <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and some trailers. Yeah, but yeah, no, Blob, just like, if you love practical effects, this movie, like, has those in spades. It's up there, like, uh, this and, like, Return of the Living Dead Part 3, I think are, like, totally, yeah. like, high watermarks of, like, 80 special effects. Where, like, and even, like, Return of the Living Dead's, like, from the
1: 90s, it feels, like, totally in line with the Blob. hmm I think that's actually good. You watch, if you ever wanted to, like, dazzle someone, you give them a double header of those two fucking movies, and, like, if that person wasn't just amazed with the special effects, then you don't want to be their friend anymore. I because like, agree with that. He's, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Return of the living dead three is awesome, but, uh, man, I like this blob. Yeah. I like, I like that blob, Jared. It's so good. <laughs> Why isn't this part of the Criterion collection? <laughs> it fucking should be. Yeah. You know, if we've mentioned this a lot, but if you know if I was in charge of the Criterion, things would be a lot different. <laughs> you know, we know. <laughs> there'd there'd be a lot of maverick. It would be it would appear more than one time. It would be spy number four and number twelve. Mm-hmm. Why? Just cause. <laughs> Just cause. Okay. So I think we all can agree on that.
0: But hey RJ, yes. let's 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 get let's uh bring this home. Who hates 1958's The Blob? Mm. Yasuka gave this half a star. This film might be the worst film that I have ever laid eyes on. I have never wasted God's name so many times in my life. What? What does that mean? Uh, I guess when they watched it, they just kept saying, Jesus, Jesus, I guess. Uh, Um, Settle down. Kino Fist gave this half a star. (laughs) I don't understand why this movie has lasted. It has unintentionally funny moments anytime an adult character says kids around Steve McQueen, I chuckled, but its pace mm-hmm. is too to lug leg- oh god, how's he L- uh, Yes. Thank you. Is that is that what he was saying? Yes. Oh, what a chump. That it never becomes enjoyably <laughs> bad. It's definitely not scary. Instead of creating horror in appreciable ways uh, through like clever framing and moody cinematography or putting interesting characters in a nightmare situation, the filmmakers simply point a camera at a thing and play loud music. The film could have been rescued by a cool monster design, but the creature is just a massive gelatin, possibly the least scary thing I could think of. The movie almost saves itself with a nihilistic, downbeat ending, but it lacks the conviction to go through with it, ending with a last-minute rescue. If anyone asked me for a good example of 50 scary sci-fi, I would point them towards Them, which is great special effects and works decently as a mm. film overall. I completely agree. Them is actually a really cool movie and like way better shot. Uh, you want it? No, because the the one thing that sucks, mm-hmm. with that, the unf- unfortunate thing with them is the when it came out, on, there's like a four pack, and it's on Blu-ray, but they've stretched it out, so it's mm-hmm. like sixteen by nine, even though the movie's supposed to be like four by three, uh-huh. like full frame. So it's really frustrating because it looks goofy stretched out. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, them them is way better than Blub. and that would be a definitely like if you're gonna watch a, a sci-fi movie. Uh, it's yeah. just it's about giant insects or giant ants. Nice. Uh, it's it's really cool. Uh, one more here, one star from. Erica Sorensen. Oh. So it's a creeping red menace threatening wholesome white heterosexual small town Americans that can only be defeated through literal cold warfare. If the unsubtlety hadn't already existed, the blob would have invented it. It's a shame there's so little of the blob until the end. Most of this film is comprised of Steve McQueen, a twenty seven year old man at the time of filming, thoroughly embarrassing himself attempting to play a teenager. I can see the cult cheese factor, but uh here, but that's really all it's good for. The rift tracks has never done this so disappointing.
1: What what uh what does their sexuality have to do with anything? What does it matter um, that they're heterosexual? I – because that's bad. It's bad, RJ. You
0: got you to you read your newsletters. You got to find – you got to be caught up on these things. Okay. Um, yeah, so, yeah, whatever. It's like, oh, 50s norms. Oh. It's like it, it didn't really come up. I don't think that was really a talking point. There's like – Yeah. I think, I think there's like the only time sexuality even was addressed by creepy dudes – uh, mm-hmm. and like when uh Steve McQueen's making his making moves, he's like Janie girl, and she's like, Don't call me Janie girl, call me Jane. He's like, Oh, okay, i uh. making comfortable. That's about it, um,
1: yeah. But I feel like that's a good message, though, right? Like, yeah. it's like, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Dude. Yeah. Red and the Red Man is Cold Warfare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like a big talking point of like 50 sci fi. Is mm-hmm. It's all about like invasions and whatnot. But hey, uh, actually, we'll be one day with uh, our Laserdisc movies, we'll be watching Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which in some ways is like one of the better ones because it, it plays both sides potentially. It's got, Are we,
1: sorry, go on. We'll, we got multiple readings on that. Are we going to watch um, the Nicole Kidman remake? When we watch that?
0: Uh, well, we got lots of options because uh, we've got... Because, again, uh, we're talking about re- remakes. We got the Invasion mm-hmm. of the Body Snatchers 70s remake, which is actually a really cool movie. Uh, we've got the uh, Abel Ferreira uh, Body Snatchers movie, which has mm-hmm. actually got some also some really good... Uh, not, not, not as – it's, it's, it's in the same ballpark as the blob as far as, like, special mm-hmm. effects, but it doesn't quite hit those crazy levels, but it looks really good. Um, and then, yeah, nice. there's the Nicole Kidman one, which I don't think anyone likes.
1: I haven't seen it yet, but
0: maybe that will be the time to do it.
1: Nice. Yeah, we're going to watch that movie. Well, in
0: between uh, – this is, like, like we're talking about it now, but we got – it will be High Noon uh, will be next, and then we'd have to watch the High Noon 2 movie <laughs> Hey, yeah. Who's in that
1: one? I can't remember offhand, but I think it's like Walter Hill directed too. Ice, ice, ice. All right, uh, you got any more hate for this movie, or uh, have we determined that uh, the Blob is pretty cool? Blob is, uh, Blob is fine. Bob, I
2: know.
0: Bob, yeah, Blob he, is fine. Yeah, fine. It's there. Oh, you know what? <laughs> what did you know, RJ? That there is a new Blob that's coming out eventually. No, yes. come on! Yep. It won't be as good. 2018 Blob, directed by Simon by Simon West, director of uh, Con Air at one point. <laughs> uh, you want to hear? No. You want to hear a quote from him? Sure. With modern CGI, we can now fully realize the potential of the Blob. Oh, the world I create will be totally believable, immersive and emotionally satisfying. It's a sure. thrill to introduce an enduring icon to a wider
1: audience and a whole new era of fans. Totally believable, huh? Yeah. I guess so I guess I guess he never saw the 80s one then, hey?
0: Well, he's this this article is from like 2015 and uh Yeah, I'm sure that that was like before people realized that movie's really cool. Oh, and do you remember that uh, at one point Rob Zombie was going to make the 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 Blob remake, like about like in 2010? But apparently, after Halloween came out, he like was just tired of people complaining about him making sequels or remakes, so he's like, "Fuck it," he just lost interest in doing it. So good. Yep. Alrighty.
1: Can you imagine? Fuck. I can only imagine a Rob Zombie Blob. It would, like, it would have tattoos and, like, a mullet, and it would, like, beat its blob wife. <laughs> no. It'd Come suck.
0: On. Come on, you blob motherfucker. Come at me.
1: <laughs> God. Good times. Awesome. Okay. That's enough, I think. <laughs> yes. I think this was a long episode. Uh, after the break,
0: RJ and I will be going to the theater looking for some of those uh, unprotected
1: ladies. Oh, God, you make things weird.
2: dream, 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 dream. dream.
0: Hey, RJ, did you, are you reading these reports that uh, uh, Disney is expecting the Han Solo movie to bomb? Uh, is that why they are reshot the whole thing? Uh, yeah, they're reshooting you, it, and they're now they're expecting it little bomb. Like, I mean, I don't really think that's going to happen, but who knows?
1: Is this part of the podcast? Sure, <laughs> it can be part of the podcast. No, I was just wondering, because I, I was going to say, you know what wouldn't bomb? If you re-release the 80s blobs and blob into theaters. <laughs> Yeah, that would be cool. Actually, no. It, people don't go to that see would old,
0: people don't go see old movies, man. Uh, yeah. Because they're old, unless it's Star Wars. They should just like re-release you. those in the theater. People will go see those again.
1: They would. They could just do that once a year, and it would make as, maybe as much money as what they're doing now. Yeah. You can email us
0: at criteriaincreeps at gmail.com and tell us about what movies you'd like to see re-released in theater. I don't really care. Uh, yeah. Next week, though, we will be doing our best of 2017 movies we watched. Uh, we were going to do this episode, but we went really long watching yep. too many movies. So next week, we will definitely do it. The list is, the list is made. And by As, then, it will be actually the new year, which will be the perfect time to recap the previous year. Huh. Um, here we has go. anyone sent in their yes. their lists? Okay. Oh, oh, yes, Oliver has. Uh, we'll see okay. if anyone else does. Uh, hey, we've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He is Barnloaf. We're on SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, iTunes. We got a Patreon page. Uh, <laughs> come on, folks! Come on! Come on, Star Wars fans! It's really sad. Yeah, you can, yeah. You, sh- you know, give us money. Uh, next week, though, spine number ninety-two and the conclusion to this weird little sp- uh, area of like genre movies in the Criterion Collection. At this point, Fiend mm-hmm. Without a Face, also from 1958 directed by arthur crabtree i've never seen this movie me neither um so this is a going in blind we'll see how it holds up and how it compares to the blob um Mm -hmm. i don't know if there's an 80s remake that's like incredible or anything like that we could also watch but i think it's the mask yeah from the 90s yeah he's a fiend without a face he's got a mask and not to be confused with eyes out of face rj
1: hey shut up that's a that's a that's like not the worst thing I've, I've ever done. <laughs> okay, we've gone long.
0: We're going to shut yeah. up now. All right, folks. Uh, good night. See you mm. next week. I'm not coming back. Sounds good.